September and we are cranking out episode 83 from here around the old oak table. Mm-hmm. It is the Taylor Trash <laughs> Fly Fishing Podcast. Tonight we have a special guest, Andrew, holding down the south end of the table. What up? We got Ben, Mark's back What's in that? town, hey. and myself, Larry. And we are here to have a good time, and a good time has been had pretty much all day. Yeah. So uh, we're just keeping the party rolling. So uh, hope everybody, we're recording on the uh, Labor Day weekend, so hope everybody's having and did have, if you're listening to this later, a safe and happy, fun-filled holiday weekend. So uh, Andrew, welcome back to town. It's been a minute. It has. It's been a minute. It's, uh, you guys got a little bit nicer uh, decoration situation going on with this chandelier. Yeah. It's almost fall, y'all, and it's pretty good. Life's good. Yeah. We uh, Taylor Park upgrades. That's yeah. right. Slowly uh, bringing the uh, double wide. I won't say up to code, but no. uh, up to... Uh, well, <laughs> and it's a fine balance. Up of to current. Um what upgrades don't diminish from the character? That's right. You don't want to, you don't want to burnish uh, away the patina, mm-hmm. quite to the point where you lose the character. You don't want to gentrify it too much. That's right. But you know, a little bit better lighting and and such like that mm-hmm. never hurt. Um, so uh, it's a little less dungeony. That's right. Well, uh, today was uh, the second time around for uh, massive failure on the part of NASA to get uh, Artemis off the ground. Um, Jameson and I were actually uh, fishing when we got the news that the scrub had taken place. But uh, prior to heading out on the water... um, we had been watching a live feed of the launch preparations, and we kind of had a, a little hint from that live feed that things weren't going well. Yeah. Um, I, I actually talked to Jameson, Ben. You can relate to this. I was telling him how you and I, um, doing the field quality control testing, sometimes um, we will observe a test sample not meet the project requirements um and so it's a failed test and the folks that are responsible to identify rectify and prepare for a new test even though they should look at this sample holistically and say oh well 
that same detail occurs not just once on this sample, but like three times. Right. Let's fix all three of these details with the same way so that the next time we are testing it or preparing to use it, it's working properly. And uh, turns out that the problem that scrubbed them the first time, yeah. they fixed that and it's do, it did great. It did great. It was doing great. <laughs> but the identical detail somewhere else on the vehicle failed, which should have came as no surprise because it failed right. the last time at the other spot where it exists. So we had that discussion, and then we were like, all right, let's go. You know, it's time to head out, and we mounted up and uh wasn't too long after we talked to you guys about you know what lunch plans might be and do we sneak in lunch before the launch um we decided to go you know poke around fish a little bit and uh lo and behold we get the text scrubbed like yeah, yeah. fuck yeah we know why too <laughs> right yeah. so uh, space welder's fault <laughs> the, uh, those welds that's right one day artemis will see space but not today not today I, I don't think that they're i mean i heard preliminary you know even before they threw in the towel they were talking about you know if if we're not able to get the vehicle in flight today you know we could probably turn it around for a a monday yeah. and it's like after this I don't know. They're going to turn around and get it back up on Monday. I mean, I would be surprised. I would be surprised. So the hype is gone for me. Yeah. I'm like, eh, I'm over it already. Right. Am I still going to stand in the front yard and watch it? Yeah. Yeah. But, now but that's the like, level of effort. It's Man. the beating the river breeze crowd. I do feel like this one was, this launch was easier than last. Really? I do. Okay. Um, you know the the boat ramp where I've launched has been empty both times I've gone, and <laughs> and I thought no waiting. I thought about asking you like, can I launch and just stash my trailer across the street? No, nope. it's like it just doesn't work very well. No, so you know that's why I run to River Breeze. I, you know I, I I hate sometimes the rules in here, but. No, and I respect place. the rules in here. And if everybody ignored the rules in here, then it would just become another right. another river breeze. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, you I, know, I just don't get how these things fail. You got all these space nerds, which I'm an uneducated space nerd. Right. These are educated, and stuff fails. Yeah, these are rocket surgeons right. for Christ's like, sake. It's, this is your job. It's amazing that like an O-ring. Somewhere vague on the aircraft, I mean, or spacecraft. Elon like would they have can detect. It up. <clears throat> so yeah. Well, there's a fundamental difference in like how they go about preparing the vehicle on launch day. Yeah. Um. And this is just from my limited education, based mm -hmm. on some space nerds talking right. on YouTube, that you know when. SpaceX is ready to fucking do it. They tank all that refrigerated uh, propellant like in an hour. It's done. Right. Bam. These 
Oh, it's like four or five. Oh, try eight. Hour, yeah. Yeah. And so what they're saying is you've got such a large vehicle and you're filling it so slow. And they're filling it slow intentionally because they think that's the right thing to do. But what it's doing is a massive amount of the vehicle is at ambient temperature mm-hmm. or above ambient temperature because of the Florida sun. Yeah. And then the opposite is happening where the cryogenic fuel is being put in it. So you've got it contracting in one spot, expanded in another, and then ultimately it's a pressure vessel mm-hmm. with joints in it where you know a lot of the same happens with a SpaceX rocket, but they realize just fill it up real fast. Get, get it over with, get it filled up. And that's like a quick way to eliminate all that, you know, stretching and moving and, you know. Right. Yeah. So, and, and the other part, um, <laughs> the last little thing that we saw was, uh, and probably one of the major reasons they scrubbed it, they've got all of that refrigerant uh, insulation, that super orange foam mm-hmm. on on the vehicle yeah. and it's because they're trying it takes so long to fill it they have to like insulate it yep. you know they're make, trying to make a giant you know yeti cooler out of the whole thing and when something like that they had zoomed in and you could see like a little teeny tiny little like of liquid hydrogen coming yeah, yeah, out. You don't want that in the air. And and <laughs> it's like four percent. Anything over four percent is like volatile. No no bueno. Yeah. And they're like, uh yeah, they've already measured over four percent. And Whoa. here's the thing, they don't know whether it's just a crack in the foam or if it's the structure that's hidden by the foam. Right. I was like, fuck it, they're gonna scrub. Right. They are going to scrub. And then we went out and sure shit, they scrubbed. Right. Where SpaceX doesn't cover their stuff with all that kind of, you know. No. And I don't understand, again, did not stay in a Holiday Inn Express, not a rocket surgeon. (laughs) But for fuck's sake, they fly them and bring them back. These guys launch them and know that they're going to fucking plunge them back into the ocean (laughs) and, and, you know, into... (laughs) 18,000 feet of water. <laughs> Who care? What? Don't put the foam on it. Leave the foam off so you can see it. Right. Just paint it pretty, you know? Well, that's what... Oh. Whoa. <laughs> Almost choked that down. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it is orange from the shuttle days, because originally it was painted white. Okay. But the paint cost too much. Ah. Uh-huh. So... That's why it's orange. I don't know about now, but right. with the shuttle, it was a cost-effective move not to paint the tank to match okay. everything else. Right. How so, much do you think that vehicle cost? I don't know. A lot. Yeah. Especially yeah. now with two scrubs under her belt. Yeah. Like 60 thou? At least. Yeah. Probably. Maybe 80. Yeah. Probably. I mean, four guys sitting at an oak table just figured out the problem. <laughs> Too cheap. Launch it. <laughs> Send it, boys. Send it. Eastern range is clear. Yeah. So, um, what's been going on since we all last sat down? It's been, what, about three weeks, I think, since we all? For, for me, at least. Yeah, yeah. Andrew. You've probably been a little bit more. Andrew's been certainly more. Yeah. But we we saw you, though, um, no. up in... 
Bristol. Tennessee. Yep. Yeah. And called in after the permit trip. That's right. Um, at this table, it's been more than a year, probably. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, early fall, maybe. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. So, it's, I don't it, know why I'm questioning. It's a great homecoming, though. <laughs> like it definitely feels like it did when I first, you know, met you guys, and you know, it's kept its mystique here in the studio. So, uh, you know, of what you can talk about, what have you been up to for the last <laughs> year and a half since you were last behind a mac- microphone with us? Uh, in recent history, a shit ton of travel. Um, Washington, no, last month it was Bristol for two days, Washington for two days, turn right around, go to Connecticut for a week um, for a SWAT thing, come back, immediately go to D.C., come back, and then... You know, came back from D.C. Tuesday, came up here Thursday. Right. So it's uh, a lot of travel in the recent history. Um, work 9 to 5 has been slow-ish. I mean, it's always, you know, there's always stuff going on. Um, I'm trying to pick up the freelance photo video side of the house a little bit more. So um, lots of trying to shoot more fly fishing stuff recently. Right. Um, trying to get away from. A lot of the tactical stuff I've been doing. Just yeah, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself. Well, more so than that, just like a it's a good, better mental state to be in to to have a little bit more going on in your life than just like you know, cool guy, sniper, ninja stuff. You know, like it's right. It's a little bit nice to have a break from that kind of content. So been trying to focus on more fishing trips and uh teaching the girlfriend how to fly fish Maddie, nice. love you um i think you posted a video or picture not too long ago mm-hmm. yeah she had a so nice loop going nice loop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you might want to consider also hanging a shingle for uh casting lessons <laughs> i don't know about that i mean <laughs> she uh i i someone put a uh, cone in my truck like a few weeks ago and um when we're first like trying to get her tuned up to cast i'm like that sparked the idea it's like let's like teach you how to cast and i got a cone we could cast at yeah. and like, so i call him nemo he's my cone uh-huh. i keep him in the back of my truck always and uh he helped me out the other day when i had a flat too so it was all good you're able to set it out <laughs> yeah Get a little safety zone going yeah nemo helped me out but um no seat um yeah, so it was a what? car horn. No, I I'd rotated the bar oh, on the chair okay. and made a weird noise. Gotcha. But we started casting the park. Uh it took like two afternoons before she really started to get it. Um It's pretty and, quick. Yeah, well actually. yeah. As much as we could kind of get it before Yeah, I don't I don't want to bore anyone to death casting at a cone in a park, so then we went to the river. Um the first trip was going to be a float. It was like five miles. Uh, we put in at Tim Ford's Dam there in uh, Lynchburg, Tennessee. It's like maybe five minutes from the distillery there in uh, I was gonna say, I Jack Daniels. Yeah. What are you floating in? Uh, my dad lives down there, so he has two kayaks. Okay. So he put us in. I'd done the float before. Weather was looking iffy, and I'd kind of made the game time call. The weather forecast pushed back two hours. I'm like, oh, we could do it. So we drop in. And we're paddling, and 
Yeah, I'm getting eats on top, which is pretty rare for Middle Tennessee, I feel. Um, maybe there's some rivers that you can, but, you know, dry fly eats from trout in Middle Tennessee is kind of special in the summer. So about mile one of mile five on the float, um, I hear rumbling of thunder. I'm like, mm. oh, fuck. So I look at the radar, and I see just a wall of red coming for us with lightning and war storms I'd seen this summer up to this point and um so i'm like knowing how much further we have to go i'm like we need to haul ass so i'm like all right babe like you, you ready to motor down and you know we we hauled ass and that was the longest float of my life but i mean we we hauled ass we were on plane the whole way and i'm paddling over fish that are eating bugs on top the whole time oh wow yeah and that that's a river that it gets hit pretty hard um at the dam and at the takeout but um she casted a little bit once we got to the takeout safely and uh we managed to dodge the rain as soon as we got to the takeout about 15 minutes later it started downpouring and um she got to cast a little bit in the river so that was good uh second time out we uh got our waders and uh had a handful of fish that i was like visibly watching eating flies off or eating little bugs late afternoon hatch off the surface, like super small stuff. I couldn't see it with my eye, but I could see it with my camera. So I had the smallest dry fly, like caddis that I could find in my box and, um, laid it out there. And like, I'd see a, a row of fish should be like one, two, three, four, all right in a line, kind of slow, calm water. And I had her cast right over them. And I mean, flied land two feet in front of the fish drift right perfect drift right to its face and uh the fish would come up look at it like fall back with it and then be like nah you know not what i want second fish same thing third fish same thing the fourth fish didn't give a fuck and we casted those fish for a fucking hour and we were like middle fingers all around like cursing fish and it's like fuck fly fishing yeah and then um a handful of weeks later you know we had tried a handful of times and especially like when we were on the river um, we met a, another dude there who was teaching his buddy how to fly fish, and it was his first time. And he was slinging a woolly bugger, and uh, he stuck six fish on his first trip. So she's seeing this happen, and she's been oh, out for like four trips yeah. this, at this point. Uh -huh. I'm like, keep the faith, keep the faith. Like, it's gonna happen. It's gonna be great when it happens. Mm -hmm. Like, don't compare yourself to anyone else. Like, your cast is better. You know, I'm not great at trout fishing, so I can't tell you why you're not catching fish. But, right. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so that was it was tense there for a while, and then she went up to uh, Missouri, and um, her dad fly fishes. So they were throwing at some old like cow ponds on a farm, and yeah. I'm like, I'm telling you, none of those fish have seen a fly before. Like just just you know, got there and spent an hour doing it, and uh, sure enough, she got her first fish, and it was a really good sized bass, biggest bass they'd pulled out of those ponds like ever. Oh wow! Yeah, nice. so her dad was there for that. So that's I think cool. that's cool. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, if I wasn't cool. there, at least her dad was. Right, so, right. Yeah, yeah, heck yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, it was a. Uh, and her mom listens to the podcast. Hey Tracy, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> hey Tracy. So, yeah, what it's up, been girl? good, man. You know, it's been a really good summer. It's been an awesome summer. Starting back, you know, when we went up to or went down to the Keys. Yeah. With Tanner, like that was going to be a lifetime trip for me for yeah. sure. And getting her the first fish. Man, I tell you what that just you know being there you know for not only 
permit one bonefish one yeah. just everything about Slam that down. trip yeah everything about that trip was just so much fun uh tanner is a killer dude to fish with oh yeah just super chill knows what he's doing and uh you know the the payoff pitch you made it and fucking you know you you're on the board it's like insane you know what an insane day walking into no name at the end of the two days even though we didn't catch a fish that second day but after the worm hatch just Uh walking into no name felt like being a fucking king man like no one was there and we're closing the bar down and yeah had like you know the last beers in the cooler and the last pizzas they're gonna cook but god damn and and it was it was cool because like we had called ahead to be like hey how late are you guys open and they're like, oh, we're up until this time. And we're like, fuck, we're barely going to make it. And when we, like, fucking come walking through the door, they knew we were the dumbasses that had just called. <laughs> yeah. But they recognized and could see that we'd been, like, on the skiff all day. And they, like, set aside that, you know, fuck these guys. And they're like, what's up, fellas? Like, yeah. they, 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 I mean, maybe we were projecting the fucking vibe that we were having like this killer day oh, yeah. and they weren't about to fucking stomp on it. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then we leave and there's like this beautiful little fucking key deer fucking hanging out in the parking lot. Like, Hey guys. Yeah. Just <laughs> let me ice this cake. Yeah. I mean, it was just fucking awesome. That's cool. Yeah. That was a cool trip, man. All around. That, that was the kind of trip I've dreamt about. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was awesome. We got to do more of that stuff. More, more, more. The camping trip last year, you know, that was like the last time I'd hung out with everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, Wait, no. Yeah, yeah probably. Because the dinghy derby was before that. No. Nope. Uh, your wedding, actually. Yeah. When yeah. was that? March. This year? Yeah. 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 Holy shit. God damn, Mark. <laughs> That was good. Woo. Um, Bristol was good. I really want to fish the South Holston bad. I've never seen a river like I'm used to Middle Tennessee tailwaters. I've never seen one that wide and clear and majestic. Well, anytime you want to meet me up there, you let me know. The That's date. not the one you were flooded out on. No, that was the Watauga. Okay. Uh, Yeah, that was. Yeah, I think so. The Watauga. Watauga. Um, the Uga Shocker. That was a horrible <laughs> night. Like I thought I was gonna have to sleep in the parking lot this last weekend in my car. That that night I had to sleep in the parking lot because we had a flash flood. That take one out was my, a wild story. Took out my campsite, dude. Yeah. Took out the dude next to me. I hope he's alive. Oh yeah, but that was like not the tailwater section of the Watauga. That was up in Boone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a fun. Night. I remember that because uh, we uh, utilized the fly fishing rolodex to like uh, hey yeah. i got a buddy that's up in you know <laughs> mike tell marcus yeah mike like fucking helped you out yep. and then like he was like hey buddy if it's raining man you need to move yeah <laughs> <laughs> got my first uh brown trout on fly yeah him that time yeah fishing that dirty fast water and that's kind of the i mean we were talking about it what this morning or at some point about just the Rolodex from the podcast. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone across America. I saw Rich last weekend in DC. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a late trip for me. It was like, hey, getting to work, you're going to DC. And I'm like, oh, word, I get to see Rich, you know? And yeah. He happened to be available. And that's that's what's become so fucking cool about 
all of this is, um, you know, been, uh, here's, here was the nexus for it. Were you the one that put in the group text, the guy talking about if you're like a podcast makes it past three yeah. episodes? Oh yeah. Yeah. What it was like if Top you top 90% with just three episodes. Yeah. Um, but he even broke it down further than that. But, yeah. And, and and I jokingly said, "Holy shit, we're elite boys." Yeah. Well, you know what's cool about? I mean, we. I think when we wrap this one up, because we have throughout the history of this podcast come up with some fucked up numbering early on. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, episode zero is actually the first one. Then we got like you know. That's the Dade County one point. Math. Five, yeah, one point <laughs> five, then seven and three eight, the zero and, point whatever. Yeah, yeah, like like we, huh. and then you mix in. Um, I've done ten beer withs, which is pretty impressive because I thought like it was four. No, even it's, though I've listened to them all. So what I what I know is I think this is actually technically if we had included you know any time that we've published, yeah, it would be number ninety nine. That's so we're about at. to hit no, number 100 and it's it's fucking refreshing that it's built a community mm-hmm. of people that you could reach out to. Yeah. You know, Mark, where did you just get back from? Wisconsin. How did that happen? <laughs> like podcast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's Fucking awesome! Yeah. Very OG days. Yeah. The uh, to your point about the Rolodex, it was funny as I was driving somewhere yesterday evening with Daisy. We were talking about something. She's like, "So what are you doing tomorrow?" Because she wasn't going to come up early. I was like, "I'm gonna fish with Andrew," and she's like, "Oh, you're gonna have yourself a little skiff date." <laughs> and I started laughing. I said, "Andrew and I have gone on dates all over the U.S." He's I mine, said, Daisy. <laughs> I said, "So we'll fish on the boat." I said, "We ran into each other in Charleston. He's yep. been to Boone." I was like. Andrew and I have got and like I started telling her stories of like when you're like you're in Charleston I'm in Charleston by Let's the numbers yeah by the numbers you and I have linked up not that much considering no. but every time we've linked up has been fucking wild I feel it's been awesome yeah it's been crazy circumstances uh Charleston was cool like a dude I work with grew up playing paintball with Robbie and you knew Robbie and yeah. we were just happened to be in Charleston the same time mm-hmm. and like men at home team yeah like. What are the fucking chances? Yeah, um, pretty yeah, funny. Driving the car off the cliff and yeah, uh, <laughs> and uh, taking the tailgate to open the gate, <laughs> which we looked today. You could fit still. No, no way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not wild. even in this county. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we've done some fun shit. Yeah, man. I. Yeah, <laughs> the two sitting here at the table saved my ass that night, and uh, mm-hmm. that that was fucking terrifying. More so because of how pissed my mother would have been, but <laughs> it was fucking terrifying. But it was pretty yeah, awesome. Though. It's the bad, it's the crazy fucking stories <laughs> to me that have the the most fun. The the worst stories in the moment, and the best stories to tell. Well, later. It's, it's the song you picked from AJR. A hundred bad days make a hundred good stories, and a hundred yeah. good stories make me interesting. At That's the one thing I don't want is to ever die without having these crazy fucking stories. Right? Like, there's so many old guys. Like back in my day, I did this yeah. crazy fucking thing. Yeah. Like, to have a good story is to have everything. I feel. 
Well, I mean, you know, off air, we spent the last, what, 35, 30. 40 minutes mm-hmm. swapping some really fucking crazy stories mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, due to our inability to confirm statute of limitations. <laughs> we chose to keep it off the air. But, uh, you know, I, I'm in full agreement. Like, you know, have a fucking good time, but also learn how to tell a good story. You know, and that's what I really love about this is it's it's storytelling. Yeah. You know, we, we get to come in and talk about a fishing trip that we took or, mm-hmm. you know, any number of things, share our opinions on whatever. Yep. And really it's the art of passing along information verbally and it just doesn't happen as routinely anymore as it used to. No. I mean, I can remember as a kid going to the barber shop. And the oh, fucking yeah. barber shop was where everybody mm-hmm. found out what was going on, who was doing what. And there were a bunch of old bastards that could spin a really good fucking oh, yeah. story. I mean, everybody's <laughs> on the edge of their seat to hear the fucking story about whatever happened to so-and-so. Mm-hmm. But uh, have we – did we go to St. Augustine before the last show? Have we shared our – I don't think I've heard this story. Okay. So that would be – I want to say it was between – Between what? Between this show and the last. <laughs> I, I didn't hear it on the last podcast. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, the last podcast, I think we were mainly talking about what happened in Tennessee, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Ben and I had uh, the opportunity to go up to St. Augustine because Ben has been to Charleston. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been to Jacksonville for a flood tide? Negative. Okay. Um, and you've fished a couple of flood tides. You just haven't sealed the deal. Correct. And uh, so knowing that, uh, we had a, a slow couple of days uh, on the calendar where we were able to kind of fit it in. And there was a uh, day that I looked at that looked kind of borderline. It was one of those where the projected tide we'll call it um you know the forecasted tide okay uh when you looked at the the numbers it was one of those where it was like "Mm, probably going to be right at it maybe flood maybe not like you know flip of a coin and if it does flood it's going to be really shitty small push but if you know where to look, you know, tide tables are like the weather report for tomorrow. It's somebody's best guess, uh. right? But no different than when we hear there's a 60% chance of showers tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, 60% of the area is probably going to get covered by showers. 40% of it isn't. And you know that you should keep an eye to the sky. 
But if you start watching and monitoring your radar, then you can start like going, oh, okay, I'm going to get rain today, right? Yeah. Where with the tide, if you have a good idea that it should be a decent tide, if you know where to look, you can start going, oh, shit, this is actually going to be a flood tide. So ended up talking with uh, some of the boys uh, up that way, specifically uh, a couple of the guys from the Old City Fly Shop. And I shared my opinion of what I thought might be driving uh, my idea of it'd be a good decision to come up. And since they live up there, they're like, oh, yeah, yep, uh, that's exactly what we were looking at. We are thinking the same thing. And it was the middle of the week. I think it was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. Yeah. So I was like, dude, if we go up here, it, it's, it, looks, it, looks de- it looks like a deadbeat tide on the chart unless you know a couple of other components to look at and those other two components lined up. So I went to bed Tuesday night thinking, dude, this is going to happen. And I texted Ben. And I said, I'll call you or text you in the morning, and we're either fishing the lagoon or we're going to St. Augustine. Not quite sure yet. Got up Wednesday morning. I looked at some real-time data, reread a forecast to have an understanding of like where some low pressure system was moving a high pressure system was moving a front had stalled just north of jacksonville all these things were coming together and i texted ben and i said we are going to saint augustine don't fucking say a word about it on social media (laughs) yeah and off we went we stopped at the fly shop um travis had tied a handful of flies for us oh nice and left them in like a little bag in the easel on the easel where he paints. <laughs> That's awesome. So like we come strolling in, walk over, grab those. Um, still wanted to have uh, some more traditional uh, flood tide type crabby stuff. So Ben uh, picked out a few um, crabby flies that um, they suggested. Yeah. Paid for those and off we went and we launched, we headed out, and poked our nose on the first flat that we were thinking we would fish, and there was already water on it. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is going to be it. But it wasn't, you know, we had a choice, like, do we just fucking sit here and fucking scratch our balls, or, you know, is there a place to fucking eat? So we called one of the guides that works out of the shop and said, hey, we're over at blah, blah, blah. Um what do you think? Just hang out and wait on it? Or is there any, do you guys have something like JBs, you know, something mm-hmm. on the water? And he was like, oh yeah, you're, you know, really close. Go, you know, Northeast from there. You, you should be able to almost see it from where you're at. Oh yeah. Yeah. We see that rooftop. So we went and had lunch, got finished with lunch, ran back over and it was fucking game time. Yeah. Um, we ultimately did not put a fish in the boat for a skiff ride that day. No. Nope. But we certainly saw a few. Oh, nice. And um, there's kind of like a little phenomenon that uh, I believe in. That uh, if you have 
a flood tide, like a minor flood tide like that, or even a major flood tide period, after like the first two or three days, like if it's if, if it's supposed to flood for three or four days in a row, by the day three, day four, the fish become a lot more picky because they've already been up there just fucking gorging. gorging. Oh. So they're kind of like full bellies. That They're not as aggressive anymore. But like if you get lucky enough and, you know, your schedule permits it and you go up there on day one, day two, because, man, they, they, they've been swimming around creeks for like a month or two going, man, if I could only get up to those fucking crabs, I would right. fucking crush some shit. <laughs> and then it happens and they, they're up there crushing shit for like two days in a row. And then on that third day, they're like, oh, fuck me. I can barely fucking move. It's, it's <laughs> waddling away from the buffet. Yeah, exactly. So, unfortunately, we were there on the third day of right. the buffet, and uh, the Kung Pao chicken was a little stinky. Oh, man. Yeah. So. And you had. But we had a fucking great time. Killer time. I oh, loved it. dude, we had a slurper in one of the creeks that, like, fucking, it, he was high floating. I threw one of the flies that yeah. Travis had given us. And he came up on it and then just like kind of backed off of it and almost like a submarine, just like just sunk. D- sunk out of su- And then all of a sudden comes back up, backs back down and disappears <laughs> into the fucking abyss and then comes up a third time and then turns real hard and swims away. But, I mean, it was like three times we got the old heart in the throat. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Dude, what are you doing? Where are you going? It was breezy, and not the first time, but probably first time with you. I've really pulled with a wedding ring on, and it, it, oh, I was yeah. like slamming the pulls, like click, yep. click. Actually, to just take it off and throw it in the cooler so it wouldn't. Yeah. And we saw a couple tailors. Yep. yep. I mean, we, we saw fish. Had a couple. I think you had like outside of the slurper one like honest good shot. Yeah. Everything else was a little bit quick and like. They were they were playing the edge. They would come up yeah. on the edge of the flat. They would tail good, and if they got the slightest indication that there was something going on, they'd just slip right back down into yeah. the creek. Yeah. So. So. Did you guys wait at all at the end of the tide? No, huh? No. We stayed on the boat the whole time, oh. and and we followed the water north. Um, and then at some point we'd been doing it long. We were just both like. Hey, by the time we drive home, then Ben drives another hour south. That you're gonna get home. With the, have you had a good enough time today? I know I have. And we yeah. were just like, yeah, let's fucking pack it up. Right. And by that point, I didn't even realize how far north we'd gone. Cause Pretty like, good. Yeah, I ran my gas tank out. Yeah, our ride home was like a good fucking stroll to get back to the ramp. I sure. bet it was flirting with ten miles. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that was a fun trip. We'll do it again. Um, until we succeed just the phenomenon of floating on grass and you're like pushing through a it, meadow yeah still to me is and almost impossible like it li- just doesn't make sense to me larry and i have fished here when that's happened and then you get like you can see flowers under the surface um like over top of the bushes and yeah. stuff yeah, to the east it's yeah you and i have done yeah some stuff like that yeah so it's it's weird it feels like you're in a mystical realm when it doesn't feel like your normal shit when it's like minecraft when it does it here (laughs) that's not what i meant but yeah yeah. when it does it here i 
I almost feel like as you're polling across some of these areas where normally, you know, are above the level of the water, brushy, you know, salt, you know, salt marsh, you know, material, but here you are floating above it, looking down into it. It's almost like one of those, uh, epoxy tables yeah that you're looking exactly. down into it's almost um what's what like you're looking into a terrarium yeah you know yep and you're like wow you know we're just like kind of like on a magic carpet like floating yeah. above this little ecosystem it's like a museum yeah yeah like if you ever been to the one in orlando where they have like the swamp inside yes it's like that yeah yeah orlando science center well, we had one of those where we had water in a place that allowed us to get into that back, like a back pocket. I don't know if you remember it. You're pushing through yep. stuff that was dry ground, and we get into the back pocket. We see a fish kind of doing donuts, and it eventually kind of comes around like what part of the bank ended up turning into shrubs. Uh, came towards us, and right as I was making my cast, it like freaks the fuck out and runs swims full force into the fucking boat and goes dud like you're right in the fucking oh, boat yeah. <laughs> swam away kind of weird yeah. after that a little dizzy <laughs> oh man that was funny yeah you could tell like those fish well, are cushion. so i think when we got back from that maybe it was when you were leaving or you had just gone up to wisconsin mark that was the 16th ish yeah, sounds about right. August. Yeah. Wow, that was a long time ago already. Yeah, I was invited up there by a big fan of ours, Doggy Daddy Mike Johnson and Matt Cade for drink Wisconsinably. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if there's a state where DUIs and drunkenness is gonna happen, it's gonna be Wisconsin. They are drinkers. <laughs> Everybody thinks it's cheese. Nope, no, it's beer. It's, it's beer and and food. Um, so got up there on the 16th, met up with Mike and Matt, and we started making our way north to the Northwoods, which is a six-ish hour drive from the Milwaukee airport where I flew into. Uh, get to this haunted Airbnb in Danbury, Wisconsin. Yeah, that was the name of the town. Fucking killer American Legion, though. Meat raffles. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Meat raffles. Um, Like cold cut meat ribeye type. Yeah, like you go and, you know, you buy a New York strip. That's your donation. Ben buys a chuck roast. Larry buys oh. a lamb shank. Gotcha. And I, th- I think it's ran kind of like bingo. Okay. <laughs> if you get a bingo, you Meat go get bingo. to pick like what your cut is. Or That's I don't know if you cool. get a raffle ticket and you know your number gets called and yeah. you go pick your cut of meat. We didn't see one because it was during the day. Um. And things kind of shut down there real early. So it was the American Legion, a diner slash Mexican restaurant that was only open till 2. The post office, a really weird grocery store that sold liquor and 
weird stuff, but they didn't have like potato salad or like barbecue condiments, accoutrements. That's weird. So this yeah. is like a real small town. Oh yeah, but there's a big Indian casino. Uh, we did not go there. Mike was against it. But uh, so we stayed what two days at this haunted Airbnb, <laughs> and it was it was truly haunted. Uh, just weird shit all over the place. It's like an original house from eighteen did something. You know it was haunted going into this house. Or did you just kind of... No, I felt it like pulling up. I was like, ooh. And then you get in and like the, the foyer is a extension of the house. But it was the fucking basement. I don't know why I went down. I, you know, all the horror movies you watch. Right. It's like, don't go down there. Don't. It's because you're white. <laughs> <laughs> Very white girl of you. Right. Yeah. And weird stuff down there and then there was a door to somewhere else and I didn't want to open said door like I've been through a lot of scary shit <laughs> like opening a full size door to somewhere else in a basement is kind of sketchy to me so I backed off kind of Man, I could go on about the house. It was just creepy. Uh, so we woke up the next morning and we went and we started fishing the St. Croix. I keep wanting to say LaCroix. LaCroix. Yeah. LaCroix. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I was taking all instruction from the tower. Hey, Mike, you know, what's the best fly to use? Oh, now, were you guys up there to musky fish or smallmouth? So, it's musky. So it's kind of like the the trout game. When you get that winter, spring, like you don't want to. So th- Mike was saying the cutoff for musky is right around 70 degrees. Is where they kind of stop casting at them. And, okay. Um, you know, but if you get bycatch, it's, it's bycatch. Um, but that is warm water, according to them, at. 63 I think it started off in the morning quite chilly uh, launched and there was dead musky at the launch so that was that was reassuring but uh, like I said you know what what fly and Larry you named it earlier I love top water and you're like oh boogle bug <laughs> and I, I had a hard time like changing flies when I'm like no this what this cast this cast is gonna get it um so we weren't maybe 200 yards from where we put in and got my first little small mouth uh nothing nothing big like you know they say oh it's what are they, a football or it's a pig or whatever they call them a hoss yeah so i was excited uh, I cut that boogle bug off, put it in my pocket. Uh-huh. Nice. I always keep, you know, that first fly for the new species. Um, oh, so you hadn't caught a smallmouth before? No. Wow. No. I don't think, I mean, even the trip to North Carolina, that wasn't even an option. No. 
or would have been an option if weather was Not favorable. Where we were at. So this was, you know, my first. I was pretty happy. We, we've got to do a small mouth trip with Wesley Hodges. It's you know, so hard on my bucket list. It's on the list. We, we've moved from a bucket to a teacup. So I'm slowly like talking mama into, you know, let me spend some more money that I don't have. Um, <laughs> so we're going and it's kind of like how you said with, uh, where's that place? Seussville? Uh-huh. You're just hitting banks. Yeah. You know, okay, well, this stretch isn't producing anything. Let's kind of just glide over and try here. Oh, nope. Uh, there they have a red horse mm-hmm. sucker. I swear the first couple I saw were... They get big. 15 pounds. It oh, yeah. like a redfish. I had to <laughs> do a double take on it. And I guess you can catch those. Using carp flies and, yeah. and whatnot, but we weren't targeting that. Um, Matt, he was on the. I'm trying to remember how he rose backwards. Yes, so he was on the front, but he was on the back. So he was rowing backwards wait no because i got i don't know it was weird he was on the bow facing backwards rowing yeah right it was messed up because i i know i kept getting tangled up on the tiller handle so yeah he was rowing downstream backwards with the with the stern of the boat facing downstream correct okay there we go that's weird holy crap um and for as large as that thing is he's he's quick on the oars with it he's good and you know true mark fashion send a couple flies a little too far and (laughs) you kind of feel bad it's like uh you need a back row but he did it um kept going and i think i spent more time like looking around and and watching things than i should have been fishing because it's like all right there's should be fish here and you know i'm right looking at the 12 foot wingspan of a bald eagle um and i think that was it for the day for the first day maybe one or two little small 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 mouth go back kind of get cleaned up and that's when we head over to the american legion and it was <laughs> it was pretty pretty banging um is that like the only bar down there no there's another one we did not venture to but it was discussed it's called the last cast oh god and right that's you see it and you're like oh like my god no name up yeah. here in Edgewater. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big thing around there was uh, UTV rent, right? UTV rentals. Really? Yeah. Side by side. Yep. Um, For what? Trails. There's just in the winter time, it's snowmobile trails. In the summer and spring, it's these UTVs. So there's 
zipping and flying everywhere. But uh, a couple drinks there at the bar and head back and kind of doing what we're doing now or doing earlier, just talking and called it night, got up early again, fished the same stretch and first fish of the day was a smallmouth. When we get a little further down, and what what did he say? Foam is home. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> first time I first, first time I ever heard that. Really? Yeah. I'd never heard that before. Foam like, home, huh. bro. Yeah. Um. Did it work out for you? It did because that's where I caught a pike, and he was it was a decent size. I think he was. Maybe around 16, 17. Nice. But again, cut the fly off. Stuff that one in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. I'm burning through his flies at mm-hmm. this point. Um, then we get to, I think it was like a rock ledge or something. Just It looked totally out of place. It looked like it was landscaped. The way these boulders were on the bank. and It just looked out of place. and It was natural. Uh, let the old booga bug fly again and feel that little tug. Boy, oh boy. I <laughs> uh, strip set the hell out of this fucking five inch muskie. And it went <laughs> flying. Like, oh, man. You literally trailed it. Oh, and it was so hard you could feel it like on the back cast when it stopped. Yeah. And like, yeah. Put the Loaded your rod. In. So we get it to the boat and it's like. He had time to think about what he did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sent it hooked into orbit. The, it, like, hooked through the top, and it came back around, and it, like, hooked into the jaw. And I'm like, mm. Done, though. No, Mike saved it. He, no, I mean, like, he wasn't coming up. Oh, no, no. Um, and again, on a, so I don't know what this fish of 10,000 cast is, but. Seemed pretty damn easy to it, make. It was pretty easy. Right. Guy from Florida, no experience. Not what even a musky fly. Top water. Right. Um, but there's some giants, man. You there's saw some, them? Not, not on the, uh, I almost did it again, the St. Croix, but when we went a little further up the road and we actually started the veterans retreat that Mike and Matt had been working on along with some other people and, uh, I'm going to mess the name up, uh. I call it the Nakatomi River. People (laughs) from the area will know what I'm talking about. Some weird Indian name, I believe. Um, And I saw some of these fucking monsters. And you're like, no. Like, I can swim with alligators. (laughs) But these sons of bitches, man. This river monster. Oh, yeah. The, The ultimate river monster was sturgeon. I don't know. Those are crazy. Oh, you saw them out there? Oh, monsters. Really? Right on the bottom, just cruising. So clear water. Oh, yeah. And Does anyone catch those on fly? I think they're scent-driven predator, like hunters is what I've heard. Yeah. So probably really hard. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could soak it in some gulp. I wonder if you could use like a rattle fly to kind of get its attention. I don't know. I mean, looking at some of these fish, I don't know if like a 12 weight would 
you yeah. would be able to really? bring them up from the bottom. Because they're on the bottom. Oh. And they're like 100 pound plus fish of just muscle. I would have to say that they're probably not a fly targetable <laughs> species because we haven't seen like like no one yeah you would you would have heard and seen yeah. stuff you know yeah I just don't I, I'm with Ben I think they're like more of like a bottom feeder like yeah. of the I've true. always seen like shrimp on the bottom or something that people use to like get them yeah I don't know just how many shrimp are swimming around up in Wisconsin no but. I get it but ah. Uh, Soaking. They yeah, do get airborne. Bait. Yeah, they jump. Really? That's oh yeah. Be violent. There, people die in the Swanee every year. Yeah. That's like a thing. The yeah, yeah, they yeah. absolutely do. And There's, they... you know, instead of like, there will be signs that say, um, "Slow speed zone, caution," uh, and they're they're there to spawn, I believe. Yeah. Actually occurring. Oh yeah. 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 And it's like a it's a certain window and phenomenon in the year that they're right there doing it. Yep. And are they anywhere else around here? Like, how'd they get to the Swanee? I, I don't know the answer to that. Don't know. Hmm. That, that is you're running full yeah. There's people that jumped, hit them in the head, and just killed them. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Like, a couple of years, one or two a year, or every couple of years or something. Every yeah. few years That's it happens. Tool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we fished the, the Nakatomi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, their plaza. <laughs> <laughs> the Nagasaki uh, River. I'll, I won't ever be invited back. Yeah. No, I will. It was real. But, uh, so again, that first day fished with Mike. Second day there, he sent me out with one of, you know, the guides that was hired to take out some some of the veterans and stuff that were up there on the retreat. And they are out of Hayward, Wisconsin. Oh, wow. Okay. That's where Bob White does his musky trips. Another odd little town. So, there's a bar with, like... I think it was one of the world record muskies and a taxidermic bear, a river otter. Nice. It listed like on the plaque. Yeah. What animals were inside this bar? Taxidermy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's rad. Like a menu of and uh, taxidermy. We went to the fly shop there, Haywood Fight, and... I forgot all your guys' stuff again. It's cool. We'll just stack it up. Like Christmas it. is coming. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we have Montana coming. We have... Uh, yes. <laughs> now, it's, now Wisconsin. It's a good mail barge to be one of the boys. Uh, from the whole road trip. Uh, but, I mean, so the fishing was definitely a highlight, but... God. The highlight was Doggy Daddy breaking out the grill and cooking. Chefing up some stuff. Golly, man. Bread cheese. That's Did he make his, like, pancake souffle thing? In the boat? No. Okay. Uh, so we had, from the butcher, hamburgers. From the butcher, sausages. Uh, meats, cheeses, bread cheese. It's on the way. Like I said, I paid 40 bucks to have this cheese come yeah. through Amazon. <laughs> it may or may not be good. Um, You're just cooking it right there on the boat? Like a little portable grill? or like Yeah, a little portable, you know, Coleman or something like that. 
and he just fires it up. And that's a cool way to do it. I mean, he has enough room. Like I thought about the idea for us, and it's like, ah, we don't really have the floor space that he does in that, that right, battleship. Right. Um, but the second was the freshwater fishing hall of fame. Oh yeah. What? Oh yeah. So it's not sponsored by IGFA or Bass Pro Shops. There's like a 60 foot musky where you enter the anus and you come out at the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And inside the fish is just the most random stuff. And then you go into the actual buildings and the lure collection that's there. You're like, holy shit, this place is a gold mine. Like, if they ever hit, like, hard times. Like, old school head and lures and stuff. Oh, yeah. But the outboard motor collection, collection. they had oh, wow. was, like, I think there was a, a Ted Williams series, Sears, uh-huh. something or other. You know, 1950s. Nice. And it's like, man, that would look really killer on the back of Larry's. Oh, but this one, this one's for Ben. (laughs) This one's like, I think the Chrysler. Nice. (laughs) Or something. And it was just those weird, like, 50s style, like. Cowlings are kind of cool. You know, extravagant, like, fins on the cowling. And, ah, God, that place. I'll have to show you the pictures. They do have two, uh, I think they're called Sasquatches up in that area. Uh, Two mounted Sasquatches. What'd they shoot them with? Uh, It's a father-son combo. Oh, that's kind of fucked. (laughs) Over under shot. That's kind of fucked. (laughs) Where's the permit for it? (laughs) The, The worst is, as I'm standing there looking at this thing, it has a pecker. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, and it's not big. Using your hands. It was like this, oh, that's a, a shriveled little weenie. <laughs> like one of these. Little, little mushroom cap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Mike, is this? What I think he's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Care to have another brat? <laughs> right. But... You know, the real mounted fit where it's the actual fish. Yeah, skin mount. Oh, so gross. Yeah. Sturgeon that are like 200 years old, and it just looks like a mummified. Kind of like that frog over there. Just (laughs) mummified, and you're like, oh, fuck, that has to smell so bad. I got you guys bumper stickers straight out of the 80s. Actual bumper stickers, and it's that prism. Okay. And it has a majestic bald eagle flying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my do with God. fishing. <laughs> and it says, you know, the Fly Fishing Hall of Fame. It's like if we were young again, not these guys, but on a road trip, it's a roadside attraction. Right, yeah, it right. It absolutely is. And It's know, like going to Wall Drug. Oh, yeah, yeah. And... They actually have a Hall of Fame with pictures and everything. So Bob Clouser was on there. Bunch of uh, your Bass Boys. Uh, I forget some of their names. Van Dam. 
No, the old timers. Like Roland Martin. Roland Martin. Uh, Bill Dance. Bill Dance. There's another Tug, Tim. I don't know. I've seen him before on TV. But uh, no Flip. Flip is not in the Freshwater Hall of Fame. Too bad, so sad. <laughs> uh, from there, we continue. It's due to a lack of freshwater sponsors. Right. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. We continued on to Spooner. Okay. And as you are going to Spooner, there's a railroad bridge that goes over the little highway there. And... On one side of the bridge, it says, Spooner sucks. <laughs> and on the other side of the bridge, it says, Hayward blows. I like it. So, you know, every couple of years it gets painted over by, you know, BNSF or someone. And, you know, these kids go back out and do it again. Do it again. So Tradition. Uh, there's a couple stickers with like a Karen, I think her name is, or Barb, that I have for you guys that says, Spooner sucks. <laughs> Ah, that's awesome. Barb blows. <laughs> uh, from there, I I want to say we just hauled butt to Mike's house. And, you know, he was pointing things out along the way. This is, hey, this is where Jack Links is made. You know, there's the t-shirt shop. There's the meat shop. And then there's the Jack Links outlet. That's we wild. did not stop. I don't want to know what outlet beef jerky <laughs> is like. <laughs> is like. Um, a bag of floor sweepings. So yeah, Probably like uh, my airport seafood. I'm going to shock the world here. Larry has probably heard of it. Uh, they're called farm laws. <laughs> yeah. So in the uh, state of Wisconsin... If you give consent and you are there, your child can be served alcohol by the bartender. Mm Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's weird. You know, and when Mike was first telling me about it, I was like, yeah, you know, at barbecues and stuff, that's cool. You slip a kid a beer or something, you know, a little swig here, there. No. We're at... I believe it's called the Fish Bowl was the name of this bar and grill, if you want to call it that. Right. Uh, fantastic fucking nachos. Usually it <laughs> comes in a pile of just hot mess and everybody's like trying to pick the best nacho. So they did it. Nacho, ground meat, cheese, little sour cream and chives. On every individual chip. So everybody got a little piece of... Yeah. That's a bro move. It, we were shocked. Stocks. Um, so at this bar, starting at 530, uh, for 90 minutes or 90 beers, whichever comes first, is free bush light. What? Yeah. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> yeah. That's... So I think Pretty we got groovy. I think we got there at five forty five and they were gone. They were gone. 
guy was pulling out like the last two as we were waiting to be sat. So we're sitting there, and there's a game room off to the side. There's a bunch of kids playing. Look, and I'm like, those kids look drunk. Fucking two, I think, what did I say, like maybe 14, no older than 14, were drinking red, white, and blue Smirnoff Ices. Of course. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever, they have one. So we're eating. They go up to the bar, and get a second one. I'm like, holy shit, this is for real. Like, you know, they're not trying to pull a fast one on me. Eating, you know, main course comes. They go back for number three. Damn. We're done. We're finishing up. We're paying the tax. They go back up for number four. An old girl is, you know, trying to take a selfie with said Smirnoff. And she dropped her phone. And she did the trying to find it on the floor, the old bob and weave. So she was drunk in a bar full of creepy old men that just pounded 90 beers (laughs) (laughs) parents are there somewhere don't know where oh my god yeah it was that's and pretty wild yeah and i believe mike has never like seen that and like i said it's far off you're at a barbecue there he's like hey here you go wyatt you know you're not going anywhere for the night have beer but no Two girls. <sighs> because their parents said it was okay. I know. Going up to the bar and getting a drink handed to them That's by crazy. the bartender. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, pretty insane. It's... I know when my brother and I used to travel on the road all the time, he was 20, and the guys used to buy him drinks all the time. So one day my parents are out of town, and it's just he, Courtney, and I at the house. And... I forget. Maybe we got Yinglings or something. I bought a six pack at Walmart, and he and I went back and we're drinking Yinglings on the back porch. And Courtney's like, "Oh my God, you're underage!" And she snitched us out, and my dad chewed me out so hard. Wow! I was like, "He's gonna be 21 in four months." Wow! Thrown hands on that one, man. Um, it's the last time my sister got ever told a secret. So we're making our way. Back down to Lake Lake Geneva, where he lives, um, and of course the whole time I'm getting hit up by Emma. Are you there yet? Have mm-hmm. you seen Butter and Pearl? No, we're almost there. I'll send you a picture when we get there. And man, they're awesome. Yeah, <laughs> they're awesome. Uh, I want to say it was it was Butter that tackled me. <laughs> we were coming in from outside, and he gets a little rambunctious, a little happy. And I was in front of him, and he hopped up on the leg and, like, took me down and, like, started. Dogs love your leg. You can't really call it biting because they don't really even have a mouth. Right. Like, gnawing, maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gumming. <laughs> you know, his his poor wife, Amy, he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, nope, just, just let it happen. <laughs> you know, same with Tiller. <laughs> Just let it happen. I, I know how to get out of this. But man, she had homemade enchiladas ready for us when we got there, and God, we were so full that it was like nine thirty, ten o'clock. Yeah. And but those dogs are awesome. I mean, it'll up to the hype. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
it's just I mean you've been there it's yeah. just mass <laughs> I don't even know how there's bone structure mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a blob <laughs> and it well, has, they have breathing problems sounds like an absolute <laughs> awesome trip yeah it it was um there was a film crew there doing stuff for one of their hometown heroes from from Vietnam who uh we'll call it Dover I forget what it actually stands for Dairyland was the name of the village town I don't know what it even is it's it's just there on the map uh but it's a RV park with cabins and a large hall mm-hmm. for groups. Um, and it's free for veterans to come up and camp. You just make your reservation, and it's a small small donation if you're a veteran. So, you know, you got five bucks cash because there's no ATM out there. You throw in the five bucks and you stay. And for everybody else, I think it was 40, 50 bucks. And so being built strictly on fundraising money uh, so they are in the process of you know building a couple more cabins which were top notch like nicer than my house cabins um whole lot of stuff going on so it's going to be interesting to see you know kind of where that place goes mm-hmm. I, I definitely plan on you know taking emma back up there and, and hanging out but it was a good trip. It was it was good. Not a lot of fish, but a hell of a good time. And that's what made it work for me. Yeah, you know, I make the joke. I caught a muskie. I did. It wasn't a big one, but who cares? That's right. You were just on the river with yeah. your boys. And fucking, God, I can't wait for you guys to experience bread cheese. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. going to be life-changing. All I'll right, to, I'll have to send you some, please. Well, yeah. with that, um, let's look at taking a little break, yeah. and when we come back, I know uh, I can share a little bit about taking the uh, Hobie on a trip down the beach, Man. and Ben is going to give us the insider trip into Poonfecta. Oh, so. Uh, We'll be right back. We're going to go freshen up our drinks. We suggest you do the same.
Oh my god. Oh my lord. It's the mail barge. Um, we gentlemen have the very first um, pickled item uh, arriving via mail barge. Mm-hmm. Um, inspiration for this, uh, I believe we did talk about uh, pickled okra in the past. Uh, did we discuss the pickled okra that you picked up for me? I don't think so. Okay. But uh, at some point on a previous show, we had talked about um, me specifically loving pickled okra. And a um, dear friend of mine, uh, Rick, he uh, has found himself with a lot of free time now. He's retired. And uh, he has become quite the gentleman farmer. And uh, the last time he and I were fishing, which was earlier this summer, he had told me that he was growing okra. And I was like, oh my gosh, I certainly hope that you're looking up uh, pickling recipes and uh, you're going to can some pickled okra. Well, lo and behold, we just got the mail barge and uh, the handwritten note contained within says, for the boys at Taylor Trash, hope you guys... Enjoy this pickled okra from the Garden State. Keep up the good work. P.S. Disclaimer. Triple exclamation point underlined. By consuming this okra, you agree to not hold the grower, packer, and distributor of this product responsible for botulism or any other bacterial <laughs> reaction. Oh, God. <laughs> all oh, God. the best, tight lines, and may the fish outlast us all. Cheers, Rick Porcello. So, we are going to try Ricky P's. Hell yeah. So, those in your hand are healthy okra. Those yeah. Those are big. And, and so, I okras. talked to him on the phone, and... Uh, he was like, man, my okra got a little away from me. He goes, I know that typically it's like a smaller okra, you know, before. But, man, this is just the best I could do. Like, you know, I got them. They're bigger. He goes, so I don't know how the consistency is going to be compared to what you're used to. But I think that the uh, the pickling that I did is, is pretty spot on. But if it's not, he wants an honest, like, you know, I don't know if these are hot. I don't know if they're sweet. Oh, I don't right. know anything about them. And he said, you know, give him feedback on what we think of his pickling. And then uh, Let me cleanse the palate here. next year, <laughs> he'll be able to uh, refine, hopefully better refine his. Oh, nice. Man, anybody wow. got like a. Need a man to open that for you? Yeah. Go ahead and show me how to do that. Yeah, he has a he has a good sealing system. No. Yeah, he, the the uh, canning worked very well. Oh yeah. All right, so pass them back down here. I'm going to give everybody. I got a boat yep. for everybody. They look right. But look at oh yeah. Look at the size of some of those things in there. Man, there's uh. Is that a garlic? Oh, it looks oh. like garlic down in there. Dude, those smell righteous. <laughs> All right, there's one of a smaller one. Are these Mark. room temp or in the fridge? No, they're they're refrigerated. Chilled, you, you want son. them chilled, man? Ooh, yes. Hand me a boat, please, Ben. Yes, sir. 
Ooh, that does smell good. Alright. Here's one I'm gonna keep for myself. Oh, here's another one. There, once you get in here, there's there's actually quite a few that are kind of on par with the uh, normal size. What you would expect. Yeah. Um there we go. Thank you. And it looks like uh, we got some red pepper down in there, so yep. it might have a little heat to it. So uh, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, open to how it's looking. Yeah. Um, presentation, uh, very good. The ball jar, um, classic. I mean, it was actually difficult to open, which is good. Right. Uh, Absolutely no mold or any botulism growing so, on the right. inside so of the lid. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I, I actually told us to do it. You know, if you open a canned, you know, product that's home canned, usually you see like a on little the, speckling yeah. or something on yeah. the top. So we're good. So uh, I'm going to say the smell mm -hmm. is on point uh, for a good canned pickled product. Um, the okra actually <laughs> is a little bit on the larger side, but the way that you cut it, it, it seems manageable. So uh, pardon the pause. We are about to partake in Ricky P's okra. Cheers. Oh, damn. 11 out of 10. Mm. Oh, yeah. This is better than store-bought for sure. Nope, there well, it is. Done, Rick. Yeah. A little bite on the back end. I don't know. I'm going to have to have a second one to yeah. decide. Classic. Just enough heat. I don't like them too tangy like some of the other pickled okra that I've had. Mm -hmm. I could delete. I could backspace an entire jar of that for sure. Yeah. Here, if anybody wants a second, uh, I'm certainly having a second. Oh, damn. That's good. Ooh, look at this knuckle. That's a fucking moose knuckle for you. There. Oh, man. <laughs> this one is so fucking crunchy, and that's what I love about pickled okra. Because you don't know? <laughs> no, it's the crunch. So that moose knuckle is a little chewy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrew. <laughs> Shit. That's like a tortellini. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get through that. Mmm. Honestly, really so, fucking good. Two thumbs it is. up. Yeah. Absolutely. Personally, I could have used like a little more heat. Just a little. Yeah, I'm, I'm, but, I'm with you. I mean, the pickling is, is spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. Um, Sustained. Okay, so Ben happens to that know sound? that I, I'm How a connoisseur of the uh, pickled okra. Mm. So... On a recent trip over to the West Coast, on his way back, um, you were traveling U.S. Highway 27. Correct. Astute oh, wow. observation. And uh, there's a place along 27 called the Market 27. What town? Um, I don't even know if it gets a town name. <laughs> I know it, there's a no. It does north of Clouston. I think it's on the label here. Is it? Um, it's weird. Avon Park. Oh, oh, okay. That's a weird. That's a town. Yeah. Dude, well, the part I drive through, I don't hit the town part. I jump yeah. like back road being back road. Mm. All right, so I got a bombing range. We're gonna yeah, the bombing range at Avon Park. So I figure, you know, you've got a side by side. Have a little side by side comparison, and these are uh, literally 
you know, pickled just for that little country store yep. that's uh, there on 27. Phenomenal these sandwiches and pizza, by the way. These are definitely a, a very different flavor profile based on the uh, mm. old factory mm. sniff test. Um, larger peppers that are in there. Um, in any event, I have a fresh fork here. God, so much better than a pickle. Oh, it my God. Really yeah. It really is. It really is. All right, people. Mark, bring your boat over here. Yeah, I, I had Maddie tried pickle okra from Kosher, um, and she was not into pickled okra at all. But I think yeah. bricks, not even the not even the knuckles, huh? <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> he gnawed on that bad boy. Yeah, <laughs> like a yeah that stick. shit. Yeah, that that was not the most consumable, but it's fucking good. Testies. Oh, taste it. All right, ready down the hatch. Ooh. Yeah, I like Rick's better, but this is good. Yeah. A little too much dill. Yep. Um, check this dog pecker red pepper that's in here. Yeah, it what is. is it wrapped in? It's wrapped in probably <laughs> dill. Like, they folded the it's pepper over. It's voodoo doll. And, and, like, actually tie It is. It's dill. See that? It, oh, yep. The little yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's very an interesting way to do presentation it. wise. Yeah, um, very very uh, artistic. That, that little market has all kinds of weird shit in there. But I'm gonna tell you what, Ricky boy, you got him beat. You got him like, beat. Oh yeah, you sure. got him beat. Um, Rick's is though. I will I will tell you um, the size at at Market Twenty Seven is the, more on point of what you would traditionally see, but. There was absolutely zero wrong with what, I, what no, we got. I'd rather have the bigger. Yeah, I, I actually actually enjoyed. I, I understand the shelf life and everything and their turnaround. Right, but the, the crunch isn't here on these. Oh yeah, I don't get that crisp. Right. So. Uh, right. It's not because we you know like you. Right. No, they're genuinely it's, very it's on point, good buddy. Okra. So uh, keep on. I them. think that. Uh, this may be the uh, beginnings, I hope, of... Uh, we got a lot of listeners out there that uh, we're coming into fall, and if you happen to be uh, of the canning sort, we always will welcome a mail barge with pickled vegetables. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily have to be okra, no. though okra is really high up on the list for me. If you have, uh, you know, Grandma Duke's famous pickle recipe um feel free to send those down if uh you know and i'd be remiss not to mention that ted did not send uh pickles this year notice that uh so i think there was a bathtub problem or something no that was two years ago yeah, okay yeah, we're past yeah, that yeah <laughs> The but, great uh, Christmas pickle. Rick, pepper. well done. Thank you for the mail barge. We uh, have enjoyed it, and we actually have more to enjoy at a later date. They're going back in the Rick. fridge. Keep them nice and chill. But uh, anybody else, uh, if you have pickled okra mm-hmm. in the family, good family recipe for pickled okra or any other kind of pickling. Carrots, peppers. Do please make sure and send some on down. I mean, we will become the pickling review experts in the fly fishing <laughs> sphere. So, 
look at, looking at the ingredients on the Market 27, there's nothing out of the ordinary. It's all all natural, organic. But the only thing they abbreviated was the jalapeno pepper. They just called it a jalp? <laughs> jalp pepper? No. Jap. Oh, a jap pepper. <laughs> is I'm going to have to look if it really is a pepper, not a jalapeno. But it's, hmm. yeah, J-A-P. They must have been running out of uh, label space. <laughs> <laughs> that Eno. <laughs> that Eno was a deal breaker. <laughs> We're cut off from the okra. Yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. Um, Jeez, for for man. I don't know if you know if this is a personal thing, and maybe I probably shouldn't you know share this, but uh, we're here for you. I, I believe it's I believe it's pretty universal. Mm-hmm. Um, for as much as I love pickled okra, I always have to remember Roy Berryman, who, if you've been a longtime listener of the show, you know that Coach Berryman was my health teacher in <laughs> high school and he always told us fellas all things in moderation and especially with pickled okra because i think it's because of the seeds in the okra if i eat too many pieces of pickled okra i have to excuse myself not very long after because it will pass through me like oh, really? grass th- grass through a goose so all right no one wants a grassy goose no. yeah no 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 grassy goose so uh <laughs> so when you're as you're it, making stuff. as if you are dabbling for the first time in uh pickled okra take it easy it's easy to eat a whole jar but uh i'm just telling you eat a couple of pieces yeah so in our world of gmos do they have a seedless I don't, Ooh, I don't think so I hope kind of not. Like a, I imagine like a jalapeno. There needs to be some consequence to, to too much good. So, mm. cocaine. Yeah, it has its problems. Yeah, so <laughs> cocaine. Eat a couple pieces, but don't eat ten of them. I never figured out what would pair with pickled okra. Oh, everything. everything. But dude, what like, dish would you make with it? Or uh, like, what would you add? Cheeseburger. And instead of a couple of like spears of uh, pickles, pickles, you put pickled okra hmm. and it's like you know you're having this delicious fucking cheeseburger and, and you take a break um, and you take this crisp mm-hmm. cold crispy fucking delicious snap of okra and you're like son of a bitch set me free this is i mean like <laughs> tie a string around my tongue because i'm gonna swallow it so oh there's there's no pulling a jar off the shelf like homemade like oh bricks. yeah, yeah. And you have to chill it first. Um, that's how I prefer it. Okay. You could pull it right off the yeah, shelf and eat okay. it at room temperature. Yeah. I like the chill, yeah, because I think that the crisp cold goes together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the commercial side, um, Wickles, which oh, so I've been hesitant to buy those. Well, do, oh, the pickles are. The phenomenal. Yeah. I love them. Well, and and clearly it's the premier brand in fly fishing because they sponsor the Millhouse podcast. What? Millhouse podcast brought to you by Wickles. No. Yes. 
What As of when? Um, recently, they did an, uh, a, a post or a story because they've got like this sandwich spread that's like pickled. What's Is it just a brand of pickles? Yeah, Wickles okay. is oh, the brand. Good. Gotcha. Spicy. And they have the, their spicy okra. Pickled okra is fucking great. Okay. Um, their their sandwich spread is like like a relish, maybe. Yeah, it's kind of like a relish, but they call it a sandwich spread. Hmm. It's like uh, I don't know what's in it, but I'll be honest with you. I went to the fucking website after seeing that they were because I, I was like, holy shit! Like this is a sponsorship I can get behind. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, and if they are being given, you know lots of fucking wickles stuff and find themselves not being able to use it all um there's an address in florida where a mail barge comes by Mm -hmm. so uh andy you you just keep in mind if the if the canning seller starts filling up too much with your wickles (laughs) you can just keep on sending it on down but uh they have a bunch of different stuff, yeah. And you have to order it like, like you can order it directly from them. Our Publix has a pretty healthy selection. Do they? Of their stuff. Okay. Yeah. And not that I'm a connoisseur like yourself. I'm very picky mm-hmm. about the okra. Mm-hmm. And it's like you look at some like, you know, Clawson, and you're like, yeah, yeah. But all right. What What is the name of the? Um, we we used to have some in the refrigerator, and we finally finished it. Um, we got it from the Amish when Wyatt was up at uh, Woodward. Woodward. It's it's like uh, a medley of like beans and vegetables and all. That. What's it called? Oh, I um, I've seen that salad. before. There's like no, no, it's not. No, it's a canned yeah, there's like, like veggies, cauliflower. Yeah, it's got all. Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, Shannon mentioned it. She's like, man, I I wish we could get some more of that. And it's like, again, it's like all these pickled preserved. vegetables that are preserved. Yeah, so it's amazing. Kind of along the same route. And I think Wickles has some of those. Mike made for the group of veterans and the volunteers and everybody uh, Italian beef. Oh yeah. Is that like canned beef? No, no, no. No, it's, it's a Chicago style sandwich. Oh. Thinly sliced. Think of um, a cheesesteak that's not a cheesesteak. Okay. Right, so it's not chopped. And, yeah. Right. But since we were going the authentic route, he got Ditka's and I'm going to butcher it, but it's called Gardenia or Gardena something yeah. mm-hmm. carrots, peppers. It's like a relish, but mm-hmm. they're they're more whole. Yeah. There was a hot one, and I'm like, all right, I I like a little heat. I didn't even I bit into the sandwich. I didn't even start chewing yet, and I was choking. Wow. So Mike Dicka is like huh? spot on with the hot. Wow. I'll tell you what was really good that I recently was turned on to was candied jalapenos over a block of cream cheese. Oh, yeah. Pepper jelly so and cream cheese. fucking good. Dude, how did you have it? Um, well, on crackers? Just, like, um, you have to have like those weird... Pita chips. Almost. Okay, no. Or like, or like Triscuits or Wheat Thins. No, okay. I've had no, 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 and no. Go and get Ritz crackers. Ooh. And, okay, so you, you alternate. You, you do a little bit of the cream cheese, some pepper jelly on a Ritz, 
and that's like the salty one. And then you get the townhouse, the oval ones. Uh-huh. Oh, and yes. that's that buttery sweet. Yeah. Ooh, la, la. Set you motherfucking free <laughs> just going back and forth. It wasn't but, quite the jelly. It was candied jalapenos. Okay. Individual, but the, it's a similar concept. Right. And that's... Oh, oh yeah. God, Good dude. stuff. Oh, like we have a a chain, a burger joint chain in Nashville called... Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, between all the canned vegetables we're talking about and candied things, we're going to have to uh, start a new podcast, Charcuterie After uh, Dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could be done. And at, it, there's, there's a burger in Nashville. It's uh, cream cheese. It's called Cobra Kai. Jalapenos. <laughs> nice. Um, jalapenos, cream cheese, jalapeno jelly, and cream cheese. Oh, mm. my God. Bacon. Oh. Like, have you ever had candy bacon? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had bacon jelly. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I've never had that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, Shannon made some. It was mm-hmm. fucking delish. Now I'm hungry. Got some pecan butter at the house. Oh. Y'all, pecan. Thank God you say pecan, because I'm not sure. How do you say pecan? I've always been a pecan man myself. No, it's pecan. Pecan pie. Pecan. All right. Well, I'm going to go sleep in the car. <laughs> I <laughs> feel free. Wait, so I, I couldn't tell if like pecan was southern or pecan was southern. I think it's. You know what I know is Yankee is fucking worrying about how somebody else is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> pecan. <laughs> what are you? What are you? you know, pecan on? trees. <laughs> is that, that pecan chicken? So is it an orchard or a grove? Tree farm. <laughs> so it's actually an orchard. <laughs> Do they have like a machine that goes and shakes the tree? Shaking yeah, called tornado. Have you seen the helicopter saws they use to trim those up? What? Not a pecan tree, but trees. Not yes. what, well, yeah. like like an orange grove. Yeah. What yeah, it it's like fucking a nuts. Yeah, it's a giant chainsaw that hangs from a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty rad. <laughs> yeah, it's a, like I don't know why we're not using it against enemies, but <laughs> I saw a video for the first time of that like two weeks ago, and the dude, he was probably ten feet off the power line, but I was like, "Fuck!" Oh, those, that shit yeah, flies those... over homes. Like, yeah. imagine if that thing dropped on a house. Yeah. Mm. Like I think you need effect. to be uh, the next Secretary of Defense between the Orca. Hey, hey, Orca. We we don't talk about the oh. killer whale thing. Okay, we don't talk. Okay. Have you heard that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Have absolutely. you heard that? <laughs> Negative. So you know what sling load is, where you tow it underneath the helicopter. Yeah. So I have this concept <laughs> because Afghanistan's a landlocked country. Yeah. And not a super well-educated country. What's the chances of them learning about aquatic life? You know, probably slim, right? Yeah. Like their concept of like a killer whale is non-existent. You know, right. like imagine if you will, middle of the night in a valley in Afghanistan, and you hear them. It's like what the fuck is that? It's like one you probably haven't seen a fish as a kid in Afghanistan, right? And your let dad, alone a whale, right? <laughs> let alone a fucking whale, killer like, whale. And probably some of them haven't seen helicopters, minus maybe the Russians years ago, like yeah. early early days. Yeah. And so, like, what's a, what's a fish? I don't know. I've only seen like 
dogs and what or whatever's over there. I, I mean, you would know, but <clears throat> your dad's a bomb maker <laughs> in the middle of the night. The moon just barely highlighting the accents of a of like a Chinook. Sling loaded. And, and what you know as a killer whale. Right. And this fucking thing is flying <laughs> yes. down the valley five feet above the ground, eating bad guys Pac-Man style. <laughs> and he's got a little like water like scuba tank type system. Yeah, okay. You know, like they breathe air, but you know, yeah. keep them wet, you know? Keep them wet. And uh then when he's like taking too much damage or too full, you punch him off, you know. I dig. Respectfully. Like, Cut the line and send them in. <laughs> You've been useful. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll keep that between us. Killer wear torpedoes. So, so, in other words, Andrew is looking for friends in the uh, Nashville area. Or like a, a tiger that can chase a laser to bad guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> little night vision goggles Larry, you done anything him. interesting lately? Uh, well, speaking of uh, offshore mammals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> segue that. Wyatt and I did uh, do the uh, first trip out the inlet in the uh, Hobie. Very nice. And uh, ran, hmm, I'd say, 20 miles south and then uh, turned around, ran back. Uh, Saw quite a few bait balls getting wrecked by uh, really small, really small false albacore, Um, you know, we cast at them a little bit, but I mean, they were just little guys. So, uh, I had seen a couple of days before a couple or at least one that had, uh, false Albie that had been caught. There was a decent size that you would, you know, expect to see, but there was just, and these were like really tight to the beach, um, feeding on super small, like, you know, almost glass minnow, uh, bait balls. But, uh, yeah, it was a fun morning. We, uh, launched right there uh behind the inlet idled out past uh disappearing island pushed it forward and you know out we went cruised on down um it looked glass calm yeah it was nice it was real nice we picked up a little bit of chop on the way back coming you know with this once the sea breeze kicked up but it wasn't choppy it was just you know like that little chattery water yeah and uh that's a nice little stretch. So that so, puts you like around around the seashore. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We were we were all the way down, uh, like parking lot five. Yeah. So yeah. when you do that, are you looking to go out and go offshore or out the inlet, or is it just like, oh, I see a clear weather day. It works with our schedule, and you go. Like, are you like, did you set that on the calendar? Like, let's try to make it happen then. Uh, it's more of a look at the weather, and you know. It's a west wind. It's been a west wind for a few days. There's no big swell component. So it's basically like you're going out the inlet so that you can go cruise the lake. Okay. Um, And I'd gone walking on the beach the day before and saw tons of birds. Put it in your mind. um, Dropping in on bait that was getting fucking pummeled. And I couldn't really see what it was from the beach, but I knew in the boat I could go see what it was. Nice. So... Um, so yeah, and that was fun doing that with Wyatt and, uh, also being able to, uh, kind of give him the, you know, this is what we're doing on the way out. This is what the tide's doing. So this oh, is how you yeah. should run the inlet, you know, as far as, you know, 
what to expect. It's going to be really choppy, you know, going through here, but it should smooth out once we get to here. You know, this is the profile that you want to run the boat going out. This is the hazard profile that you're looking to avoid. And then on the way back in, okay, you can see the tide line here. That means the tide switched, and this is what's going on. And, you know, just trying to teach him a little bit of boatmanship. And, uh, yeah, it's a whole other world. Then. You know, and we, we had a good time. You know, it was just a, a, a cool cruise. And, you know, just like I told him, you know, it's kind of fun because it's run and gun. You're looking for, you know, those visual clues of where the fish are and you start heading towards them and you see the, you know, the water erupting, you know, kind of that feeding frenzy and you pull up on it, you know, make some casts. So fun time, fun time for sure. Did he sling a fly at all? Oh yeah. 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 He doesn't know about the blue top legend, does he? No. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. That's, um, <laughs> and, uh, God bless him to my pleasure as we were, uh, coming into the ramp he was like um if it's cool with you uh you can just pick me up later at the causeway ramp and i was like all right so we pulled Send up to it. the dock and i fucking hopped off got in the jeep went home and um he went and spent the whole rest of the day on the water he didn't go back out the inlet he just you know and that's you have a five gallon tank on there six six you ran 20 miles in six. Yeah, but that thing sips fuel. Right. Oh, dude. I mean, mine 20 miles is far. nothing on us. Like. No, no. I'm the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, to me, that's foreign. It does. It's to me, like, it seems like. Oh, six gallons. My, my truck couldn't make it 20 miles in six <laughs> gallons. Like, okay, fuck. Well, okay. Well, so, so I'm running the two smoke right here. And over time, having had that boat for 16 years now. I can tell you pretty confidently that I run, whether I'm at three-quarter throttle or wide fucking open, about three gallons an hour of run time. Yeah. So if I'm average, no, fuck no, like 22 to 25 is real, really your average speed. Okay. So I've got a 12-gallon tank. I can run a pretty fur piece. Oh, yeah. Um, now he's got a four stroke 30. Are they more fuel efficient? That's way more fuel efficient. And he's got, albeit half the fuel load, but he can still make it probably hundred and some miles oh, out of that shit. tank of gas. I'm Damn. guessing. Man, we, shit. I think yeah. I got 22. We can make it up to like Jacksonville, Savannah. <laughs> You'd be surprised how far you can make it. Wow. I, yeah. I just never... I never equated. Here's what you. Here's cool. what you no. need. Here's what you need to do. You like like the the long runs. Mm -hmm. So why don't you top your tank off? Yep. When you get in your fucking USS Enterprise like uh, <laughs> screen, <laughs> zero out the trip meter for the day, and just run from. Where you typically put in yep. to Hallover Canal, okay, and back, and then now you have mileage yep. of that round trip, and you go straight back to the gas on the way okay. home, yeah, and figure out how much fuel did I use for that many miles, and then you can extrapolate. Okay, I've got this much in my tank. If I am running this average speed. 
you know, don't don't run it balls right, no, to the wall. Seventy five percent throttle, and you're just running in the channel, and then you're going to be like, oh my god, I could run almost all the way to Jacksonville. Huh. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I did a forty something mile day in the glades, and I thought that was like. Well, it's deceptive how far we are just from Oak Hill. Yeah. To to the south end of the lagoon. Yeah. It's like twenty two miles. Yeah. Okay. So, if I leave here in the whip, I can run all the way down to the creek and back, and I've run damn near 50 miles, and I'm not even, like, you know, I use half a tank of gas or something, you know, so I I reasonably believe I could run a little over 100 miles comfortably with fuel reserve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, we could punch on a, on a calm day out of the inlet here run the beach come in through the port have lunch hit the fuel dock go through the locks run all the way back up to titusville that would be a sweet little hit the fucking marina in titusville get some fuel run up go through haul over run back up the lagoon all the way back up to the inlet put our shit back on the trailer and be like damn boys that was a fun day right <laughs> that who's in who's with oh, me I'm, in. I'm down That'd be awesome yeah so i mean just fuel management it's just cross-country trip a little dead reckoning yeah but i i just never put miles and boats right together right like, yeah that's why it's shocking to me that it's like oh yeah we ran 20 miles <laughs> yeah because parking lot five from good lord yeah so I had heard old stories about guys in Key West hitting wrecks that weren't marked in a map mm-hmm. back in the day, and this could be a question for you, I guess. Like talking about helicopter stuff, you know, your time, distance, and heading. Right. I'm going to travel this far at this degree, heading mm-hmm. for this amount of time. Mm-hmm. Did you ever do any of that? I know in the lagoon you don't really need to, but like offshore, I guess like those kind of guys would probably follow something like that more. But I mean, did you ever do that? coming up no uh, well um flying um when i originally was doing my pilot training you know it was before gps yeah um and we would you know i would i would do a flight plan Mm -hmm. for myself not like the flight plan that you you file uh but like my flight plan would be based on dead reckoning yeah Um, meaning I'm looking at things around me and on the ground that I'm going to navigate to and from, Mm -hmm. right? So if I left Tri-Cities Airport, um, the first thing I would be navigating towards would be Bays Mountain. When I got to Bays Mountain, another 15, 20 miles away at whatever, you know, depending on the altitude I'm flying at, I would be looking to pick up um, where the interstate and the railroad tracks crossed. When I made it to that point, I would then have another visual thing. The water tower in Morristown would be the next thing that I would be able to, yeah. should be able to start seeing. Yeah. And I knew from each point what heading I should be on because I would take and lay out the sectional and 
you've got like a protractor style um, device that you can. Yeah. Okay. I get to this point that I need to be on this heading. Now, that same little flight plan um, has where you would write what your intent, what the intended flight plan. Well, the intended heading would be, but then you would have to factor in, well, how much wind component do I have? Yeah. So then I would either add or subtract from that to adjust for how the wind is going to blow me off the track that I'm intending to fly. Okay. So now I'm going to fly a little bit different, plus or minus, to hold that line. So I'm, I'm following the line that I've drawn on the map. Yeah. And I'm also timing in between if... I was running into like a quartering headwind or a direct headwind. And then I'm also watching how much fuel I'm burning. And these are all things that come together. Yeah. So that's where like fuel burn. Yeah. You know, if you know what your fuel burn is and you know what your speed is, now you can start projecting how far you really truly have in your tanks and how far you can make it. And at what point you need to start making a decision Ooh, I've burned more fuel, so that headwind has actually caused me to burn way more fuel than I intended to. So I needed to divert to this other airport that I've already looked at and know that's my divert airport mm-hmm. because I'm at a fuel state that I need to go ahead and land and top off or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's just navigation. Yeah, it's pretty interesting how mm-hmm. much you could do. It's just you know. A compass and a clock. Compass and a clock. Yeah. Yeah, in your eyeballs. Just pay attention. Yep. Yeah. I want to hear about this Punfecta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I couldn't so, wake up, segue. Man. Well, no, I was just... I was Keep I, with it, bro. Keep there. it with So, I would say around a year ago, eight months-ish, Yeah. friend of the show, Crystal Murray, approached us about, I would like to do this. Who would like to do it with me? Hell Are yeah. you guys interested? Um, I've never fished it. Thought it sounded fun. I'm not a tournament guy. It's not a format I typically enjoy when I fish. Have you fished a tournament before? A couple. Not like serious tournaments. Yeah. But like, I just... We'll get to why I don't like it. Um, but I was like, Crystal will be fun to fish with. It's something she's passionate and excited about, and I can feed off that. Um, did a couple like we'll call them touch and goes as it led up to it kind of touch base you still interested you still want to do it cool waited for Barfly to open the registration window Um, sold out in about 30 minutes but we got one of the spots um did a couple phone calls and kept you know making our last minute plans leading up to it drove over i guess it was last weekend mm-hmm. uh last friday drove over to the bar fly in safety harbor um what i don't like you got a fucking kick-ass boss that'll give you the fucking fridays <laughs> off. I, look i do I, I just had to say that yeah, yeah. i do I'm, I'm very fortunate um to have a boss who understands life and it's not all about the nine to five grind and if we can make it work to go do something cool we should try to go do that um which is pretty terrible because we were supposed to do some some work on thursday not actual job stuff but 
some other stuff we had planned and I was so busy with termites and that that I actually forgot and Larry called me about 3 p.m. was like hey buddy just doing a wellness check did you forget about our appointment I felt like shit I was sitting there scheming how to come get what I needed done Friday he's like just worry about it when we get back um so got over there met up with Crystal at the captain's meeting at Poonfecta you had to check in by a certain time, and they kind of make you... One question on that. Yeah. So, when did you and Crystal complete your training to get your captain's licenses? Negative. I've never done it. Oh, okay. You said captain meeting. That, that's what they <laughs> called it. Okay. Um, captain of the team. Captain of the team. There you go. That, maybe that's what it's always the been The team about. leader meeting. Let's okay. call it that. The team leader. We went leader. to the team leader meeting. and Was there an internal struggle going on at the time because both of you went? No. Okay. No. The Actually, the, <laughs> the internal struggle. It's my story, Larry. Going on, the internal struggle going on was neither one of us wanted to be there for said meeting. And... Me being the gentleman that I tend to be was like, you go get, like, just come, sign in, you bug out, I will stay for the bullshit. I'll suffer through it. Yeah, and and it really did feel like suffering through it because you had to, I think you had to be there by 6. and the In the morning? No, 6 p.m., oh. but the team leader meeting didn't start till 9. Holy crap. Because they wanted, it's a party. There better so we be all better herbs. be here partying. And what's the quickest way to kill a party? Let everybody leave. So we stayed <laughs> around. And like, no, no offense to the way things are run. It was just like, okay. It's compulsory. It's compulsory. You're here. And just like when you go to a flash what, what, shop. What does that one sticker say? The beatings will continue until morale improves. improves. Yeah. That, that perfectly describes these. <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> Typical to when you go to a fly shop, make the register ring. There's the compulsory. Let's let's make the register ring. Have some. There was free beer, but one, and have a free beer. Try some of my food. Um, and free beer I, is a bitch of a term because <laughs> beer is plural and singular. Well, like, <laughs> free and beer, and um, for the. The team leader meeting to be, you need to check in by this date. Here's your ruler stick, and this is where you measure to the point in the tail on a tarpon. Y'all have fun. That was what we waited for. Um, cool. Uh, Bonefish and Tarpon Trust talked a little bit. Uh, Joe Ellen shared some fun facts of life on tarpon habitat. Um, Spoiler alert, it's a rough life if you're a juvenile tarpon. Um, so, promptly after that meeting, I was stuffed, blindfolded, and gagged into the back of Gomez. And what? Crystal's Go van. Crystal's yes, van. It's Gomez. That's um, and whisked away. And to my relief, when the blindfold was removed, I did see water and not a dungeon. Um, I. Okay. So <laughs> I'm glad you're safe. <laughs> Me too. Um, no, in all seriousness. No wonder she, why you hate tournaments. She drove <laughs> near where we were going to be fishing, 
got checked into her hotel. I drove across the street from Barfly because I'm more of a morning person. I made the leg in the morning. Met up at our prearranged meeting spot. Mm-hmm. Rolled up. It was dark. Gomez was there. We had military issue head nets for bugs, which came in fucking yeah, clutch. Hella clutch. Oh, um, and got rigged up, dodging deer flies and horse flies, and proceeded to wade into the swamp of death. The swamp of death, where you waited. So here's where it gets interesting. <laughs> Jesus, this is this is Crystal's advice. Meaning your feet got wet. Up to my junk. Oh. For sure. Um, that's it. And uh. that's where I'm like, we're fixing to get yeeted oh. by an alligator. Um, in preparation for this trip, I threw a 12-foot flatback canoe in the back of my truck. And was like, we should use this. And it was, I'm... The pressure wave from the canoe is going to shut this small of an area down. But two humans splashing through the water. I don't make the rules, <laughs> even though I stayed for the team leader meeting. Technology. This was her world. I was just living in it. I took the risk. And I was cool until... Something bumped you in the no, leg. No, like mid-thigh... Water level, I'm good. When it got to my waist, it was like something snapped, and I was like, "I'm not comfortable with the like the energy we've created in the studio, and I don't want to be standing in this." I've got a great cream to get rid of your bumps that you probably have. I think we're good. But and there's a parasite that swims up your pee hole. I know, I, so I didn't pee in the water. Um, fish this pond all morning. Got two fish. I was on the other end of the pond. Crystal was on the other. I actually f- fed and hooked three of them, and try. Son and she had God. the net, which I don't fish with a net because why would you? We fish for redfish, but when you're dealing with little baby. jumpy tarpon, mm-hmm. it's a little bit harder to land them. And when you get that rod high and the leader's coming, that seems to be when the hook wants to roll out. Mm-hmm. So I lost three just as fast as I like. From me to you, and from my hand, you know, a foot or two. Oh. Watch them swim off. Um, but we were hooting and hollering across the pond, and stopped for a little bit of a lunch break. I'd gone to Publix and picked up some accoutrements. Um, <laughs> oh, you guys had a tailgate, did you? We had a little Pub tailgate subs? in the truck. Well, sourdough bread, make it your own pub sub. But boar's head oh, meat, nice. cheese, okay, nice, mustard. wow, fancy yeah. And fans. the idea being, so you got to the mustard. See, and I went ham on it. I loved it. But the idea being, it is Africa hot in a... Oh, you can't say that. I can't. It was fucking Africa hot in a stink-ass swamp. So when we get to lunch, let's legitimately grab... Shouldn't you have said Djibouti? Djibouti. It's Djibouti hot. Um, So... We decided when we get to the lunch, anytime we're eating, let's just turn the truck on, sit in the AC for a good 30 or 40 minutes, reset, make sure we're in a good spot. You know, do we need to, I don't know, just gear up and get a little more comfortable than go out. Reset. So we transition. And the whole time, Crystal's informing me. She's like, yeah, my friends at FWC have said don't fish this area without a gun. Nice. Um, don't come out here by yourself. But I'm with you. I'm like, two people versus one really isn't doesn't increase your odds that well in a gunfight. 
when Crystal, I'm not a fighter. <laughs> well, especially when you so hold on, armed for what purpose? Uh, uh, for other humans, yes. miscreants and mischief mm-hmm. about in the swamp. So you can shoot your buddy and run. She's you running around. Right in the ankle um, and fucking take off. So it's about this point that I'm like, we're here, we're doing this, but I don't know that this part was disclosed in the contract. <laughs> right. And so transition. So we hear a big diesel truck Ooh. rumble by. And she's like, that's a truck. Do you hear it? I'm like, yeah, you can't miss it. <laughs> so he comes, hits where we're at, does a U-turn, moves out. Eat our lunch, fish that evening, after afternoon, evening, into the next area that would have a little bit bigger fish. Because the way they did the tournament this year, they rolled the Wheel of Poon for three different sizes, being 11 inches, 18 inches, I don't make the names up, and 19 inches. We had the 11 inch pretty damn well good. And we were trying to get those little bit bigger fish. See, but this is where, you know, you and I have talked about this. Yes. And this is where I'm confused. Right. The wheel of poon (laughs) is spun. Correct. Yes. And it it lands on 11. Yep. But beyond it landing on 11 and then 18 and 19. Correct. Eleven doesn't have shit all to do with anything other than it's one of three numbers that's going to be added together, and Correct. that's then the mark. So it's like, Holy why shit. not just fucking have the wheel of fucking numbers instead of <laughs> right. the wheel of poons? So <laughs> you basically call that comedy. 20, 30, 48 inches was the total. Mm-hmm. So the, the simpler way to do this would have been to say the target number is you're trying to get as close to 48 inches worth of tarpon with three fish as you can. Okay. Not how it was explained at the team leader meeting. It was the most complicated chase your elbow to get to your ass way of doing it or chase your ass to get to your elbow. And, but that's how I looked at it. I was like, right. okay, we're trying to zero out on 48. Uh, right. We got to, you s- didn't, you didn't necessarily even, there was no need or, for catching an 11-incher. There was no. no need for an, a 19-incher. See, I, when you originally told us that the three sizes of fish was 11, 18, and 19, I thought, okay, that's kind of a fucking unique situation where you're going out and you're targeting... It's almost like a slam tournament at that point. Right. Where you have to get an 11, an 18, and a 19. And if you don't get an 11, and an 18, and a 19... I don't care if you catch 40 bazillion tarpon. Right. If you don't get those three lengths, you don't get shit all. But then you're like, no, 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 no. It's the and total of those. And I was like, okay, hold on. Let me take my shoes off, count right. my toes, count my fingers. And 48. So if you go over, you're fucked. Right? No. You could go no. over. It's just closest to 48. Yeah. And but like the rules always, though. the rule is fucking always. If you're, if you ever grew up in America, you know that place? You ever heard of it? Yep. I've heard of her, yes. Without going over is and always the fucking rule. In but the seven seconds past, that has been the rule. Oh, this year they what, changed it. What which I changed can, it? I can only think to describe it as probably bitching. Okay. Um, somebody probably went over. 
were technically closer to the target goal last Doesn't year. Doesn't matter. I'm. This is my interpretation. I don't give a Ask shit about this. Ask fucking Bob Barker. So again, this <laughs> is, what, is how wrong, I'm Bob. thinking that decision went down. And you did. You started. From That's t- why people do one dollar in the fucking showcase showdown. I get it. Because somebody it. went over. I know. So it's just whoever is the they closest zeroed margin. out backwards though. So like our what? So no, hear me out. So like that eleven inch fish. You submitted one of your fish for that eleven inch fish, which in my case was ten and three quarter. Okay. So I got a quarter inch added from zero. So I was now at a quarter inch. Okay. Then you go to the eighteen inch fish. The That's next one I had annoying. was an eleven and a quarter. So then you backtrack to No see That's so uh, fucking okay. complicated. So now I would be so fucking pissed off that I found myself in a fucking math class. And I thought, wait a second, guys. I thought I was at a fucking tarpon tournament. No. Mr. Luttrell, sit down. This is the math portion of the fucking program. The math you are at now negative abacus? one quarter. Please double check your abacus. The, and the math <laughs> the portion fuck? of it wasn't like traditional math. We were doing common core with tarpon, for sure. Oh, fuck. There you go. Um, common scales. And The only thing that can make this story better is if Ron DeSantis came crashing through the wall <laughs> like the fucking Kool-Aid man. Uh-huh. It was like, get rid of this fucking math. This is a fucking tarpon tournament. And I wish he would have. So... We fish our second pond. <laughs> Andrew yes. has a question. <laughs> Is this chronologically ordered where you have to... No. So, I catch 30 fucking fish. Correct. I'm go cherry pick out of all those yep. fish at the end of the tournament. I'm like, this is my 10-inch. Which three are you this submitting? Is... Yeah. That's so weird. Well, and here's the funny thing that I don't think made a whole fuck ton of sense is on the advisement of bonefish and tarpon trust they deleted the category of most tarpon caught in the tournament because of the pressure it puts that's on the fishery like well if you only got to catch three tarpon and that is it and then submit i'm down with that rule because you only each get like three tarpon and like the first three you get is what you get but if you can just keep fishing all day till you get the numbers you want and right. catch as many, why not just keep as many as you can? Well, it's, then then it's like you know the whole like bass tournament culling thing. Yeah. Okay. This is I'm gonna keep this one up oh, now. That one goes back in because I got one just a little bit bigger. Yeah. Right. You know. Yep. So you keep the same number in the tank. You just start culling to whatever purpose. Which I can tell you. Which bass tournaments have simple math. Yeah. Get a big number. Right. Yeah. This is not that case. Not zeroed out, which is actually more like addition, but we'll talk about zeroing out fish by fish. Correct. To keep it interesting. Well, stopping anyone from going catch 40 I'll, fish. To I'll have tell you all why the they do it that way. Because when they tally the points, it fucking makes you sit there and buy more beer and buy more food while they tally this way and tally that way. I promise. It's. Conspiracies. Conspiracies. But there's also people that fish for like 48 hours straight. Oh, so so yeah. this is where, let's get back to the team leader meeting. <laughs> uh-huh. Where it embodied why I dislike 
tournaments. Okay. Because nobody talked to each other. You sat at your table with your teammate for fucking three or four hours. Which you didn't have, so you were by yourself. For like an hour hour and a half. Meeting? No, no, no. No, no, no. You check in at six. We'll have an announcement from BTT at eight. At 8.30, we're going to watch a movie, a little short film, and then at 9, I'm going to give you the rules for your weekend. And because everyone's so concerned who's going to catch the smallest micro-tarpon, nobody is chit-chatting with each other because they're afraid they give a secret. someone fucks up and gives away a secret. Someone's going to have too much beer, and Tommy's going to tell so-and-so where they're going. Wait a second. They messed up. They started the tournament. On Shut the Fuck Up Friday. On Shut the Fuck Up Friday. And everybody held to Shut the Fuck Up Friday. <laughs> these guys sat in these chairs. I sat at my table. When Crystal left, someone's like, uh, can I sit with you? I was like, thank God. <laughs> no. The weirdest amount of small talk. They have school desk for chairs? No, it was outdoor seating, just like we ate today at Goodrich. Crisscross applesauce? No. Thumbs up, seven up. So fucking squares and sand. It may well have been thumbs up, seven up. Head down. I'm with my teammate, and everyone. They gather around for the captain's meeting. They grab their bag and like cockroaches with the light turning on. Boom, gone, bolted. Yeah. Everybody, but pretty much us, fished all night. Oh, you could start fishing from that point. The second that team leader meeting was over, you could fish until oh, yeah. two p.m. That's on Sunday. That's interesting. So people were like, yeah, we're going to the Glades. We're fishing all night. We're going to hit go to the Glades? State, From you Tampa. Could, you could fish. What? You could fish the state. There's you no. Fish, I, I, had I think if you no want to fish micro tarpon in Georgia, you could. Right. I don't what? think there's a rule about that. What's the furthest someone went? I know people came from Georgia to fish in the tournament. And oh, no, wild. like punch out. That's wild. Well, I guess I could see. A baby tarpon. I know like Tammy Amy Trail not... was popular. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I'm just. I, I'm not. I'm not trying not to hotspot anybody. That's good. And I how do you keep a hold of that? I, you don't. You don't. You just wow. go fish what you want, do what you want. Try See, that's super cool. It's that's a cool aspect. Poon. I do have to yeah. agree to that wheel. because <laughs> I think it's fun to let people play to their strengths and what they know. So if you know of a dock light where you can get tarpon around this range. Go fucking fish it. I could see room for sketchiness. Lots of sketchiness. Oh, yeah. Like, I've got a aquarium full of tarpon. Like Again, you have to... There's the benefit of the doubt that people are following the rules. To to be, like... Yeah, no, no, there's some ambiguity that happens in tournaments. Next is going to be checking in via Zoom. Yeah. Right. Like so today's newspaper. We <laughs> take a photo. Chose to get a full night's sleep, yeah. have a fun weekend. Yeah. Jokes on them. Yeah. So we get to our second pond. We're seeing this eighteen and nineteen inch range we want, and some much bigger tarpon. Um. Paddle the canoe around because this one does have alligators, where that one didn't. I never saw a gator all weekend, disclaimer, but I'm sure they saw me. So, paddled around. About that point, I recognized a truck from the team leaders meeting. So, you guys are in the canoe now. We're in the canoe in the middle of a big-ass waterway. Okay. We see a competitor's boat. 
or truck with a canoe behind it. So we're like, okay, cool. At least we know somebody else has the same idea. They were super cool. Didn't try to like butt in, cut in, interrupt the dance. They just spun around, bugged out. We got skunked, made the call that we can either go grab dinner and come back and fish these late, or we can let them go for the night and hit them in the morning. So Crystal goes her way. I go check into my next CD shady hotel. <laughs> um, and then proceed to go get some Southern cooking for dinner. Um, are you in the same zip code the whole time? Or are you guys, I like, couldn't tell you. I doubt it. Really? My hotel was at least 30 minutes from where we fished, but within like a hour or two radius. There's Potentially. No... Yeah. Um, we did not fish Tampa Bay. I can tell you that. Um, no, I'm just asking, like, you're not making, like, day-long drives to go somewhere. No. Day trip drives, though. Okay. So, go get another good night's sleep, wake up, get to the pond at 6 a.m. There's no sun on the horizon at all. Um get a text from crystal i overslept my alarm i will be there in an hour and a half Oof. so i'm like great now i am the only one in alligator infested <laughs> waters in a canoe i'm like whatever she'll be there in an hour and a half to yeah. claim your remains exactly which is nice daisy can still get the death benefit cash in on that pay or off the, the house gator We're good. takes you down to the death hole as long as she finds a fucking finger, we're good. So, and I really wasn't worried about an alligator. I'm in a 12 foot canoe. I'm pretty fine. Um, Probably. But, like, when it's dark and you hear every creature of the night and splashes in the water, you know how your mind plays tricks. And Everything's you like, 12 foot tall. You're like, buck up, be the man. Yeah, so, that's mullet. Exactly. <laughs> so, that's a mullet. I get in. I think I sent y'all a photo of, like, just as the sun kissed the horizon, you can barely see the bow the canoe and you start seeing tarpon roll this one do its thing threw at him came up empty I had set an alarm for when about when Crystal was going to get there paddled back she pulled up rigged up, hopped in Chased them all morning. It was really cool. We saw like a four-footer air out on some mosquito fish. And four-footer. Like tarpon? a four-foot tarpon come straight out of the air busting bait. Oh, they got They got into like a frenzy. And there was like pockets where for like 20 seconds it would look like piranhas were in the water. And you'd see one come flying out this way, eat something, and then it'd stop. That's right. Um, They're finding piranhas down in South Florida now. God damn it. So maybe that's what it was. But the um, I caught a very nice, well, nicest snook I've caught in a while. Um, not a target species, but got to watch him eat the fly, and that was cool. A nice little nine-inch redfish chased the fly. Nice. Um, ate it. That's dope. Super coppery color, almost brown. Um, Under the tactics that we talked about earlier. The Correct. Gear. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, 
about I think we decided we could fish till nine a.m. on Sunday, mm-hmm. and then if I was gonna sit at the weigh-in, I was gonna go take a shower. So I around eight o'clock, the mystery truck rolls back around with the canoe. So then I was like, okay, now we're really sitting in their spot, and they. Same thing. They see us, spin around, leave, go fish somewhere else. Um, go back to my hotel, shower real quick, drive up to Safety Harbor. Get there. You got to both be there to check in. Check in. And there, Jeff's instructions were, I don't care if you've been sleeping on a bench from midnight you're not the first one here unless you're standing in front of my tent at 11.30 when Barfly opens. That's who's first. So I'm like, you seem like you're in a super good mood, bro. First for what? To check in. Because in the event of a tie, okay, the first one to check in is the winner. Um, which is interesting because about 10 people were there when it opened and they marked every one of them to check in at 11.30, including us. So I don't know how you differentiate who checked in first. So then the fun waiting game begins where now the check-in window is from 11.30 to 2. So now we're waiting till 2 for everybody to finish. It's midday. Two and a half hours. In Tampa Bay. Hot. We go inside and start eating and drinking just to be in the A.C., People are showing up. Now people... Ah, Yahtzee. Yeah. Now people who were not chit-chatty, now they're like, okay, the pressure's off. We can engage a little bit. So now that the social interaction that this is all supposed to be about, the party about celebrating Tarpon, is actually starting. So everybody more or less checks in. Vendors are now setting up in the plaza... Um, there's a Papa Pilar's rum bar. Um, open? No, doubtful. Um, <laughs> I didn't walk over there because I, I one, I'm, I just didn't sound fun. But B, it's no, it, you had to pay. Um, someone can fact check me on that if that's a lie. But checked in at two, and then from two to four twenty. It was casting competitions, hanging out. Everybody, because unlike us, everyone has fished for two days straight. And they're just sitting there miserable at chairs. Being like... So, five hours. Yeah. Fucking misery. Holy shit. Um, Like major in the sun, swamp ass. No shade. I mean, there's a shade from the umbrellas at the table, but like more or less, there's like no cloud cover. People are like, they're there, but they're there because they're like, I'm close to the target number. I'm writing this out. Um, But they're like, dude, just tell us who won so we can go home and sleep. I heard that comment multiple times from multiple people. Um Wow. Yeah. So then we get to 420, and it's everybody go inside for the raffle. Oh. So then we go in. Yeah. We go in for about. I mean, I can see this being a stalling tactic from a administrative point of view. 100%. Because they're trying to. Because it's so fucking complicated. 
you have to. But it's not complicated. That's they the whole thing. They had a thing. guy because, well, we'll get there. But it, like 30 or 40 minutes inside for this raffle with everyone being like, cool, I'm glad we won shit. Can we please go find out if we won this tournament? Yeah. So we get outside. Jeff starts making his announcements. You know, we're so glad everyone came. Thank you to the sponsors. You know, we started this with 20 teams. We limited it from 37 last year to 20 this year. It sold out online in 30 minutes. Um, and then, of course, we had some friends and sponsor like sponsors who wanted to fish. So we, we opened up three more teams. Hmm. Okay, so now your sponsors get to fish with everybody. Which is cool if Not they come really. in last. Nobody cares at that point. Don't fucking win. But when you start winning shit, now there's a problem. And to, for the record, if you're sponsoring an event, you just shouldn't be in it. There's a billion cool raffle items from the Dingy Derby I would love to get my hands on. Not but a role that for matters the sake of, where it's right. competitive. Exactly. So we don't compete in that. Um, or get to buy raffle tickets. So the sponsor's kids, they all they couldn't drive. So the mom would drive them in the Lexus to wherever they wanted to fish. They'd hop out, fish. She'd sit in the AC, which I actually think is pretty cool if you have a mom willing to do that. And someone was like, they should have to have a license to be in the tournament. I'm like, you know, if you get a chance to fish it, I'm cool with that. So <clears throat> all said and done, the difference between first place and second was an eighth of an inch. Oh, fuck. It Are was, you? No, it was like they were 0. 0.78 from zero. And they had the special computer that... Or it was probably not a special uh. computer, but a computer with a program that would actually measure the board and the fish against the board numerically. Because they basically, when it first looked, they're like, okay, who came in first? Like, who checked in first? These are the same guys like, no, I think we can dice it a little bit more. Like, that's even a matter of, like, how you took the photo. Right. And that's, and unless it's an AI program just it, unbiasedly doing agreed, it. Agreed. But that's how they decided to do it. Gosh. So first place was an eighth of an inch off. Fuck. Second place was a quarter of an inch off. Third was a half. Sponsors Kids won second. Listener of the show won first. Hell yeah. Um, shout out to Jake Scott and Lewis. Congrats. Um, which was pretty cool because Jake Scott's kid fished with a buddy who was 14. And they were talking trash and hanging out with people the whole time. And they actually did. They. The guys from Compound got third. Nice. And those other kids, Jake Scott's kids, I believe would have gotten third if the sponsors hadn't been in it. But the one kid, Weston, actually caught the smallest tarpon of Poonfecta history of two inches and like two and three quarter inches or something. So he got smallest tarpon. I got third smallest tarpon at nine inches. And there's no price for that, but that's fine. And, you know, we we all sit sat around chit-chatting and actually like that people socialized and had fun and that was it. Holy and then shit. about 5.30, I was like, fellas, this has been real. I got a three-hour drive. Half Fuck hour. that. And I hopped in the truck and drove home. And everyone's like, dude, I can't wait to next year. Looking forward to seeing you. And I was like, here's so, the deal, man. Was there a cash prize? 
Oh, get no. the fuck out of here. I don't so, want your what shit. Did, what did the first place win? A skateboard deck with a captain's for clean water and a oh, bonefish tarp and truss sticker on it. First place, bragging rights, and I believe Ross Reels. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I they mean, also, okay, so they didn't have room for a casting competition, so they had that, you know, that ring game where it lands on a hook? Yeah. They had head-to-head, which is cool, but to raise money, you could just keep buying in if you lost. Yeah. So last year, some guy bought in $800 worth over and over and over again till he won. Then what do you win? The whatever rod and reel combo was up last year. This year, Lamson donated. Well, that's what everyone said. So, guy came to this, I guess, the same guy. And he bought in three times. And when he went up the third time, somebody booed him. And he got the message. He's like, okay, cool, I'm out. I've been publicly shamed. So... I drove home. I had a fun weekend with Crystal. Absolute blast. Listen to her talk about different estuary stuff and what she knows from her biology, marine biology days. And had a wonderful time with Crystal. It seems like a cool event from a problem solving aspect. I mean, like the idea of running around anywhere in Florida trying to get the job done in the middle of the night. Like, that seems really appealing. It's to like me. the cannonball like, run of. Yeah, fishing like, tournaments. To, to, in, in, a in a weird way, to me, that seems cool. But the administrative part of that seems absolutely fuck around yeah. Well, it, the administrative part of it is a rum-soaked sponge. That's a good way to put um, it. <laughs> that was like, literally said, you fished all night, and we sat by the pool and drank and put together goodie bags. Like, cool. Have yeah. fun. Um, and not to disparage Barfly or anybody who put on the event. It was a fun weekend mm-hmm. yeah the administrative politicking of it was a little much um but the people i met and hung out with and interacted and you know at the end meeting i'm just I, the silver lining of this story to me mm-hmm. is the fact that there were actually people that went and fished within the theater of operations for one of the sponsors <laughs> being that they went down to the Everglades. Um, yeah. Because there's certainly isn't any money being spent for Tampa Bay right. from that organization. No. So um, at least at least somebody went down and made it legit by going what, down and fishing what there. What was the cost to get into it? I don't actually know. Crystal covered that. Oh. She's the deal was you're driving across state. I will cover your entry right. fee. So I think it kind of boils down to like the lens that you view it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, and it's, I, if you're into camping, if you're into adventure, I could see where it's like a cool thing that you're doing to have some like purpose and drive. But if you're looking at it from like a reward financial point of view, oh no no, no. it's, it's a complete it. waste of money. I. I think by the time I tallied gas and hotels, I was well into the three to four hundred dollar mark. Oh fuck for a baby tarpon, no. Uh, now, but like <laughs> I love an adventure. I, I'm not saying like I'm not for saying the adventure that's not and worth fishing it. a new wild place with someone who's very passionate about that place and the baby yeah. tarpon. Cool, worth it. I've done Tur- less tar- for tournament more. wise. No, not worth yeah. it. But I mean, like two hotel nights, gas. Who knows what my tab at Barfly was by the time of two days of sitting there for ten hours was. Um, 
maybe not harder, but more complex than some of the keys tarpon tournaments. Mm-hmm. I've heard. Yeah, for sure. So I had a great time, honestly. And if tarpon tournament fishing's your thing, go for it. You won't see me on the roster next year, <laughs> um, just because it, not my speed. But I was grateful I did it and had a kick-ass time doing it. Yeah, there you go. All's well that ends well. Yep. That's that's a that's a story to tell though. Oh, that's fucking cool. Boy. And the way you did it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. And that was uh, last Friday. Yep. Which you gotta be smoked. Brings us forward to I am tired. this Friday that just passed, and uh, <laughs> here we are Saturday. Yep. Yeah. Nailed it. Um, what, yeah. in the last three or four days, it's been all NASA all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think we'll probably end up rinse, repeat on that until uh, Artemis either blows up or makes it. When was and, the first uh, attempt? Monday. Monday. Yeah. Did you guys go out for that? We did. Yeah. Nice. Yep, we did. Um, so, uh, man. Uh, it's been great. Everybody getting back together, Andrew. It's been awesome having mm-hmm. you back in town. It was. Uh, can't wait awesome. to share some of the photos that you took today. I know oh, yeah. uh, a few have already been shared. Um, you know, we always give the advice: make sure your crew has somebody like Andrew, so that you know you can run around and look like a rock star when mm-hmm. he's around, and uh, just. Uh, what a fun couple of days. Yeah. That's been real. Yeah, it's been been awesome. So uh good preheat for the Balhog or uh dinghy derby. Yeah. Woo. Uh, about yeah, throwing, throwing it, back. it back. Throwing yeah. it back. Um is good rich. I I'm, I'm it gl- was, yeah. It, it was, yeah. So uh I'm glad you brought it up. Um for those of you who've been living under a rock, um <laughs> We are now inside of a month mm-hmm. until the Dingy Derby, which is on first October. October 1st, which means the thingy before the dinghy, which is not a captain's meeting. It God. is a gathering, gathering. of friends. Uh, we're going to have a big old tear it down, burn it down, wear it out uh, tailgate. And that will be followed by the most efficient uh, raffle that we can put on. Um, all of the raffle tickets that are sold goes directly to Marine Discovery Center so they can continue the fine work that they've been doing for 25 years now. 25. And, uh, of course, the Dingy Derby will be on the Saturday following, uh, weather permitting, and that's uh entries for that half goes to a pot half goes to the marine discovery center Mm -hmm. and uh over the years we've been able to raise a good amount of money uh most of which comes through selling tickets for the raffle uh we do have some kick-ass raffle prizes again this year so we're very hopeful yet again that uh, we'll see that happen. Um, we've also always gotten tremendous 
assistance in some of the fundraising from our friend in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, hope to see that happen again. Um, also, uh, friends up at Drake Boatworks mm-hmm. did a good job raising some money last year with a very unique opportunity to fish with wilds. Um, so uh, there's plenty of ways out there that uh, you can donate and support uh, the fundraiser that we've put together now in its fourth year. And you can simply, if you live somewhere and can't make it down here, you can always, if you're inclined to, simply make a donation through Venmo. Um, Or if you wanted to write a check and send it down here that we put together with all the other checks that we collect from vendors and boat builders that are going to come out on the night of the thingy before the dinghy, um and display their wares it's all in the name of raising money for Mm -hmm. marine discovery center um this year we have the unique opportunity with the new karma that's being built by razorfish uh is going to be premiered at our event so if you're a skiff geek uh (laughs) come on out uh you're gonna get to see the new and improved karma and uh I can tell you from some of the insider um, information I've been privy to, it's going to be pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Looking so, forward to it. Um, I guess until the next time, this is episode 83. 83. Anybody else got anything else? Uh, any shopkeeping? Um, want to thank everybody. Uh, recently, there's been. Uh, some good shopping going on uh, at our store. We appreciate that. Helps keep the lights on here in the trailer. Um, so uh, keep doing that if you can. We always appreciate it. And look over the next day or two when you're listening to this. Uh, go visit because uh, there are some new stickers uh, that are going to be in the store. So if you don't happen to follow us on Instagram, but you're listening to the podcast otherwise, visit our web store and you'll find some really cool new stickers available until we get back together around this old oak table. That's it for episode 83. Thanks for joining us. You guys are the best.